Hello, welcome to this, the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast. My name is Sean Peter Budge. I forgot to introduce myself last week, so that was the first thing I noticed and I was disappointed, so I thought I'd do it straight away. We brought you up by MGA and uh, what's the other one? 121 Media, of course. It's good to be here. We're talking another win. We've got Tim Davis here to talk another eight-point weekend. Yeah, eight points. How good? How good? Plenty of goals, both games, rolling the, racking the score up. Going over plus points. 39 and a half both times, all good. You talking about the Giants? Yeah. Didn't they kick 100 points? Like total points? Yeah. Yeah, well, they kicked eight straight, sort of, you know, second half and gapped yeah. Gold Coast and one by one by 40, I think, was the final margin. But but did it pretty comfortably once the game settled down. So the navy blue and the... Uh, the charcoal and orange. Charcoal and orange. The Gold fly, Coast have... Flying um, high. The Gold Coast have reached their term three... <laughs> slumber, haven't they? Look, I think they have, and, and obviously we're going to come up against them in a, a very important game relatively soon, so mm. we've just got to hope that they remain in said slumber. Fingers crossed that is what happens. Uh, must be doing all right, Timbo. We're recording from the new office. I know. How Business good? must have picked up. Cost of living crisis, inflationary pressures, this, that, little old MGA. They're not feeling it. They're getting bigger. Buona sera, ragazzi. Welcome to the uh, to the new digs. The new digs. Very messy new digs. It's about as clean as the other one. Oh, no, you should see the other one. <laughs> no, as in how clean the other one usually was. Oh, usually was, yeah. It was usually shit everywhere. Yeah, so there's no difference at all. I always thought it was pretty clean. No. It's a <laughs> fucking pink style. It's because your standards started at a very really low pace. <laughs> I recall, I used to go, I spent a lot more time at Tim's desk than I should have, but I used to go over to Tim's desk and it was just... It was organised chaos because you knew where everything was. I knew everything was. I just saw paper. And all, I, I, if people said to me, what did Tim do? I said, all I've ever seen him do is print and staple. And that's all I've ever saw you do. He's you were, at, you were out, at the printer uh, more than anyone else in the company. He was just printing out test sheets, you know, the test <laughs> sheets, and just stapling them together. And people going, you know, you should be more like that Davis. He's a real fucking go-getter. I was the, the staple <laughs> he, he was testing the printer alignment <laughs> yeah. hourly. Because every single time I just walked by, that Davis has got his head in his desk, <laughs> fully engrossed in his work. That damn cyan's <laughs> out just a tad. Uh, it's just a little bit. Why did you print out so much? Obviously, you needed to. Just hates oh, the you, environment. You, you were always doing site inspections, issuing field directions, and in those days, you're doing everything by fax. You know, yeah. we hadn't gotten to the stage that you you could PDF something or anything like that, and you're not emailing stuff through because, you know, servers. I mean, this is me, IT nerd that I am. I, I don't think you could have sent send through emails that were that big. I don't think they were getting received yeah. at the other end. And it was all a that big sort of server room. At Cardo. Imagine there was. But I'd I used have, to have lunch in there with Kirk. There you go, Captain Kirk. But yeah, I'd have to fax through Shout progress out. claims that could be a Carlton supporter, actually. <laughs> he is. Um, it'd be like a 120-page progress claim, and you'd be faxing it through, and after like 97 pages, it'd fail, and you'd have to send it again. You'd go, <laughs> you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Isn't it just brilliant? <clears throat> That's was just – and people just lived with that. Well, that, that sort was of the just normal. inefficient yeah. rubbish. Even when emails came along – Obviously, when I started, like I started work in 2005, so emails were very much a thing, but we still thing. fax fee proposals. Yeah. Yep. There was the oh, – because email can't be trusted yet, Tim. Well, <laughs> so it's, it's only 2005. Yeah. <laughs> how, how things have changed in 18 years. We used to have to go down and develop photos, print yeah. out a page, 
like cut out photos. Well, you actually personally had to get in the dark room yourself and actually no, no, no. chemically develop so you go the photo. There, you get them, you get yeah, them. So once again, Fab, you weren't doing that. You were giving them to someone else to do. Yeah, Williams no, but you, yeah. then you'd have to cut photo. them out, paste, like sticky tape them into a report, scan it, and that's how you'd have photos in your report. Unbelievable. <laughs> you just stared at him while he took it. Drinking his very small coffee. I was just trying to make sure I wasn't slurping. You and sort of, of a sudden I felt the weight of your stare. <laughs> you failed. You probably would have got away with it, but we all just went dead silent. And just <laughs> so how long has it taken you to move the 25 metres from the old office to the new one? Um, just Friday, and today I did a, a bit of... You were putting it off for some time, though. Yeah, we <laughs> we were able to move like three weeks ago. Mm. just couldn't do it. I did feel, Tim, he showed me the office and I looked at it and I thought, oh, this is good. It's an upgrade. It's some more space. And I, you know, sub- I read into it and thought, obviously, business is going well. That's good. Um, Grandpa used to have a thing where, like, he'd turn up and, you know, if you had a new toaster, he'd be like, oh, you must be doing all right. Yeah. It didn't matter what it was. You could have a 60-inch television or a $35 Breville toaster and he'd go, oh, things must be looking pretty good for you. That's my, my dad always says, oh, like, it doesn't matter what it is. He'll just go, oh, yeah. You need to live through a war. <laughs> My dad was born in '48. Yeah. Neither did you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Obviously, there would have been the uh, live through Korea, I suppose. The the, uh, the Vietnam Kokoda. <laughs> he goes. <laughs> I remember Mash because I was alive for that. Yeah. Now, dad dad tells an interesting story about when the whole conscription thing came in mm. and he was here, and there was just you, you that you go somewhere. So dad's got his like Australian Defence Force papers and stuff, and he goes, and it was just like. All right, one, two, three, four, five. You go that way. One, two, three. He goes, and if you were one of the five that went left, you were going to the wall. The other five who went right, you, you didn't. And so he was his. He didn't go to the wall. Thank his God. birthday was called though. Yeah. Wow. Well, Dad was of 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 that age. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Oh, what I find and, extraordinary and about that is they wouldn't even they wouldn't even say overly okay, eager to become an Australian citizen. Just yeah. go. Why don't you come down to the barracks or whatever? Go. And we put you through a series of kind of physical tests and examinations. Go rather than just you're standing in front of me, and I go, yeah, you'll do cannon fodder. No, but oh, well, probably not even at that stage. I think we we're a little bit beyond that. Just throwing bodies at the problem when we get to Vietnam, but just a little bit of like. I think maybe you would have had to go through another stage, but no, even, but even, even then, that you wouldn't want to do it. No, but even then, surely we can be more scientific than picking a team for fucking football at recess. Going, yeah, you Backs and you and you. I don't know. So Dad's got his uh, his military papers tucked in his like this little case. With all these well, just in case they ring him today. No, just and with uh, <laughs> and that's where he keeps go, his, right, I wanted Tony, you to go left. We need you. <laughs> that's where he keeps his, his money from around the world. Like that really? used to collect coins and notes and stuff. And so yeah, you still got the old, you know, the one dollar notes, the two dollar notes, and put your desk down. Fuck off, Tim. <laughs> he's leaning against it. But yeah, Grandpa used to always have that thing. It doesn't matter what you turn up with something new. His level of like. <laughs> Business is good. Yeah, you must be living life. And he's sort of going, you're an idiot. It's a $35 toaster. We had the last one for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. It died. Huh. Well, your, your microwave no longer works. You go and pick up a new one. It's cost you 35 bucks from Kmart. Oh, <laughs> look, look at that. Look at this. Check this guy out. Yeah, Dad, it's the it's the, the cheapest option available. It's the cheapest model. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it'll do until I don't know when. Um, I don't get how there is like... Such a range, a variety. Is there anything more for like? It's a microwave. You're not microwaving anything better than this one. Is there anything frust more? Fr- some of those capacity and stuff. But is there something? Is there anything more frustrating than you? You start a new job or whatever, and it's you're figuring out the microwave. 
A, how to operate it. Some of them don't have like buttons anymore, like the keypad style. Some of them have got dials. Some of them have got like plus 10, plus 30. Some of them, mm. you know, there's no, there's nothing on the console. There's only one consistent quick start. Anyway, but there's nothing. The quick start. There's, 30, 30, 30, 30 seconds. Seconds. Yeah. there's nothing on the console to tell you like, what am I doing? And then yeah. you've got, you got all the options like you're rotissering a chicken or you're <laughs> heating up a bowl of soup. And you're thinking, <laughs> does anyone use these? But more importantly, you're going, no one uses them. If you go going at home, you know, usually if I put a hot chocolate in there or something, it takes 50 seconds. You put it in for 50 seconds and it comes out like either ice cold or, or, it's, or, or you have to clean the whole microwave. Or it's, it's exploded. It's exploded everywhere. And you're thinking, can we just get a regulatory, every microwave is at this yeah. power? What else a microwave requires as a minimum? Now, this, when we first moved into this building, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago, the lunchroom, the microwave... Didn't fit a plate in How width. big though? Like a standard dinner plate platter. Yeah. <laughs> like some could, people have got some people plates. Like Dad, for instance, will have like he could be eating a cheeseburger from McDonald's and he'll put it on the biggest plate in the house. Yeah. Kelly does that to the like to the boys if we get takeaway and we have it at home. Yeah. Like, she'll put it on a plate. It was all what for? What are you doing? It's in a wrapper. Just open it up. It's yeah. <laughs> just open it up and just let it meet out. But of the does bucket. she get like the biggest plate you have, or does she get like a scale size appropriate plate? No, we've only got one real set of plates: the standard white Maxwell and Williams. Plate. Yeah, so we got the home. They got the big ones, and then the sort of slightly smaller. Oh, ones. we got the yeah, like for well, toast or got, something. Yeah, yeah. We, that's like it only fits one slice of toast on it. Yeah, well, you stack them. Yeah. But like, we used to go to Macca's on school holidays with my grandparents. Um. And um, we used to, you know, at, at, and at the start, you were like when you're 12 to 14, 15, you're just embarrassed because you get there and like wogs at Macca's. Like you go there, they order, then we sat down. Were they, did they, did you we do, got the napkins. My grandfather used to get the napkin and like cover the table up and stuff. And Did you do the annoying thing like, you know, like older people don't order off the menu? No, no, no. My, my grandparents only ever got a fillet of fish. It's the old person's thing. What, at breakfast? <laughs> No, we never went to Macca's at breakfast. I thought that's what you said. No, no, on school holidays we went to Macca's with them and it was like oh, the way we did it was like it was like But they didn't they didn't do like the weird shit where they <clears throat> like they want the fillet of fish meal, but they don't want the chips. And they don't want you just going just, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. No, no, mum used mum used to off make the menu. Mum used to take the orders. So um Yeah, she would have had to filter them was, through there. Once every school holidays. That was like a stock standard. Macca's with the grandparents was once every school holidays. That's cool. Cinemas good, was good, good memories. Once every school holidays. Good memories. And my grandma ate fillet of fishes all the way up until she passed earlier this year. Well, probably a year. I mean, you say that again. You say this. Like, how like, often? Weekly. 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 An Italian woman eating a fillet of fish weekly. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. Mum would get her a fillet of fish every Saturday. I love it. Jesus. That's why you like your fillet of fish. It's on, it must be an old. It's a throwback. Do you know what irritates me though? Maccas go with a half slice of cheese on the fillet of fish. Just put a full slice I, of cheese. I, I, have seen, I don't think, I have I don't think cheese belongs on the fillet of fish. No, nah, no, nah, it's nice. No, nah, I don't think cheese and fish. When was the last time you had a fillet of fish, Sean? Never. At home, at home. Just get <laughs> some, you know? get some, get some <laughs> INJ fish fingers. <coughs> bake them. Then just get. But you need like what? like a craft single, single on top of them. Couple of them. The only thing with Mac is they go overboard on the tartare sauce. But the fillet of fish does have the best bun Mac has. It's a bun. softer, more brioche bun. bun. It's, it's, a, um, it's steamed. Yeah. 
steamed ham. I, was gonna, I told Tim I wanted to have a fillet of fish today. And uh, do people look at you like you're a massive weirdo when you order a fillet of fish? Is it like I can order is a it like fish. sending? Do I they can need see like you through the camera <laughs> and you're a knob? Do they need <laughs> no, like double kidding. confirmation like they're firing a nuclear missile? They need like two managers to come in with matching keys to I'm unlock. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> do you want a fillet of fish? Turn right on three, two, one. <laughs> it's, it's hold on, and they go and check out fish we got <laughs> no, no one's ordered this for eight weeks this is by 1989 the day shift ah. manager and the night shift manager have like necklaces on the keys on them they have to turn it goes three two one they turn it at the same time <laughs> from um, terminator two terminator two <laughs> um i don't get how the fillet of fish which look again i'm a fan of <laughs> i just um, want it on the record that's gonna be on that's a tombstone that's a stone <laughs> here lies fabian he liked the fillet of fish <laughs> fabian guadagnolo blah 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 father blah 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 Big fillet of fish, man. <laughs> I don't get how it's a staple and the McFeast isn't. Fuck off with the McFeast. Love the McFeast. So, have you had your Mc... I have not had my McFeast. You know what, the best, the best burger when, when McDonald's, one of the worst things they did in recent memory and have done a lot of bad things, changing the Sprite to Sprite Zero, disastrous. Yeah, you're not happy with that, are you? Awful. They can't get the mix right in the in the fountain anymore with the Cokes and stuff. They're just shit house. I don't know what they've done there. The ordering system is fucking diabolical now. They've got just a thousand receipts on a counter. Yeah. Mm. And they have all the Cokes and drinks just sitting there. Just nonsense. Yeah. They one think of, they're more efficient, but they're not. They're not. Mm. No, one of the worst it, it things they did clunky. in recent times was remove the Builder Burger. I don't know if you ever did the Builder Burger. Yeah. Fucking great. All these, you could just, and you can kind of still customize the burgers that are on the menu at the moment. Mm. But the Builder Burger from scratch was fantastic. What's good about the Builder Burger? Because you can still build a burger, but it's just, it saved the awkwardness of trying to order yes. it. Yes. You knew what you wanted, just put it on, just tap it on the screen. I never did it, but I understand. I could see I its a, benefits. I had an Angus, the Angus patty on whatever the style of, not a typical Big Mac style. You and my brother, the only people I know who bun. love the Angus patty. The Angus patty's delicious. And what, what, what were we eating until the last 10 years when Angus cows became a thing? Probably I love Angus, how that, Probably Angus cows. Angus cows. Yeah. Sold it. Yeah. Um, but I used to have the Angus patty with, I don't know what it's the bun. It's not Kobe beef. The bun was something else. It was delicious. The bun was sort of not the typical bun, but it was quite nice. I had a um, some bacon, some halloumi, fried halloumi. Squeaky cheese. Squeaky cheese, um, both coming in and going out. <laughs> and, um, and some lettuce. And there was something like some sort of drizzly mayo sauce thing. Unfucking believable well, And then I went in one day, you know, whistling zippity-doo-dah, hoping to get my Builder Burger for dinner one night. And I walk in, and the console's gone. It's just disappeared. The You can get a single Oprego burger with halloumi, which is just... Halloumi, most underused of the cheeses. I've elevated halloumi above Saganaki for me It's now. amazing. Like, when, I eat, when we order Greek, I'll go the halloumi, which it's... they do, like, with, a, like, a honey fig sauce on it. Beautiful. Saganaki, amazing, right out of the skillet. Yep. Mate, it oh, hardens up very quick. Even halloumi, halloumi eat, does eat not uh, halloumi does not hold heat for very long. Mm. But when you get it straight off the pan, sometimes I'll just like I'll just make I'll just make like a couple of halloumi mm. fries. Halloumi is made its way into little halloumi made its way into the top five cheeses. Do you want to give me the other top five? This is this is like that buffalo mo- you, buffalo mozzarella at one. I reckon I like the buffalo mozzarella, but I also feel that it's. I don't think it carries itself throughout the entire experience, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm. I think the early, when you first eat the buffalo mozzarella, you're thinking this is unbelievable. And then by the end of the bite, it's like, 
it's a bit plain now. You'd, you'd prefer probably a scarmozza, which is more that slightly harder, yellowy mm, cow's milk. Maybe. Mozzarella, which I've got at three. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got Yalsberg at number two. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. I love how it's Norwegian and it's Swiss cheese. It's best. Where have you got the baby bell? The baby bell? <laughs> mini, 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 mini. I mini, haven't mini, had mini. a baby bell since probably primary school. <laughs> He's going to drive home and get one now. So Halloumi at number five. Halloumi's low. That's low. You reckon? That's too low. Well, I think pound for pound, the halloumi is... Oh, it's a very versatile cheese. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's and where do you sit on the blue cheese? No. Really? I've got Canterbury at four. Yeah. 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 And halloumi's elevated to number five. Do you know what I don't rate? And all our Greek listeners can go and... Suck a lemon. Feta. Oh, no, feta isn't... Feta. Uh, it's for the no, tip. No, no, the right kind of feta. It's got to be brittle. It's got to be a little bit, not hard, but it's got to be sort of firm and then brittle fall apart. Crumbly. When it gets a bit too much like a goat's cheese or like a cottage cheese, you're like, this is shit house because it, it has to have its... Basically, until you chew it, it has to be have all its integrity. You don't want it the consistency of schmegma, do you? you well, do you? in very few things do you want that. <laughs> um, all the taste, all the smell. Um, <laughs> I assume on one of those things. But um, it's... The the feta for me, it's just it can't be too salty. It can't be. It can't. Not a fan. I'm a big fan. Danish. And so you blue cheese fan? No, no, no. But with the feta, I'll occasionally, I'll occasionally just have like a bit of it cut off, like a, not but a. See, huge, if you like feta, you should chunk. like blue cheese. No, no, no. Not like a big chunk. Just like a little, a little fry again. A little like KFC chip style. Just cut a little bit off and just all about it. Even if it does occasionally give me the squirts later. No. But everything will do that now and again. Yeah, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to roll that dice. Correct. For that you, you're you're starting to realise, obviously you're a, a, a fair bit younger than Tim and I, mm. that once you hit a certain age, Sean, you can't take things for granted like dairy. Right? You've got a limit, a daily limit on that. Sometimes, but sometimes you're just like, you know what? Oh, I'm going to look the devil in the eye. I'm going <laughs> to risk well, this. Yes, I'm having that thick show. Oh, to have that uh, luxury. <laughs> I think it's since I've... Um, I'm, I've I'm gone head-to-head head with the devil a few times, and guess what? The devil's won every single time. <laughs> Coming out like a... Go through a strainer. Um, I, I reckon ever since I've um, graduated to the wet wipes, I'm a lot, I'm a lot calmer <laughs> about the whole situation. <laughs> Flushable wet you wipes. Get, well, you get, where I'm, going you get where I'm coming yeah. from. Too much oh, no, going look, on look, there. Look, Sean and I, it, this is not great, great pod topics, but uh, <laughs> Sean and I are in lockstep with the... Kit off it's, with the wet it's wipes. Just a better, it's just a better quality of yeah. living. If, 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 you're, if you're going in the bathroom for a number two session and you've got clothes on, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it like a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Join us in the 21st century. Get the kit off. Get the kit off. Get your you, iPad out. <laughs> enjoy your time. Just enjoy your just time in there. You don't and hit you know the what? camera. <laughs> no, you know what as well? You're done when you're done. You're finished when you say you're finished. Yeah. That's 45 minutes. That's how it goes. That's my son. Jesus Christ, Harvey's in the East. He, he takes four books in it. Like, mate. It's just got to be. It's, you don't have to read on the toilet. There's, but, no, yeah. there's no time here. There's no There's no game clock here. We're just, you know. Yeah, Christian exceeds the shot clock when he goes to. Do you do the whole, never know what he's doing. <laughs> Back there. Back there. Do you do that one? No. Uh, it was good to see, by the way, moving on ever so slightly. We'll still keep needling Fab because i got the note here. We've been introduced to Data Ganoush of late, Tim. Yes. We've also been introduced to another alter ego of Fab's of late, uh, Dr. Ganoush. 
Dr. Ganesh. He's, Dr. Trying, to, he's trying to horn in on my area, he is, is he? He's, he's, he's opened, a, opened a, a sort of a less um, well-appointed, <laughs> less you know, um, approved sort of bulk billing clinic next door to your very, very well-appointed yep. establishment. Yep. Um, he's a big, big fan of just without any context, just sending a medical update, doesn't name the patient, doesn't – and I just sends through a – looks like he's done his uh, skateboard there. And you're going, based on? And he's like, oh, fuck off. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're a no, big fan I, of I, just I dropping sense, the I update. I the sarcasm in your texts. So last week, shout out to Jay. Extraordinary. Yes. Extraordinary Jay picked up that Harry was – so I, I texted Sean and said – it was three rows over from me, two rows over from me. I said, Sean, didn't say Sean, I said, uh, Harry subbed out. And to which I received a very curt and frank already tweeted it response. All right. So this week, thinking he would already know that Jack's been subbed, I've just written Jardney. So less context, just again, could be. He could be talking about himself. Himself. Oh, I just I just assumed. You could have texted the wrong aisle. Thirty two yeah. is a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> Jardine reminds me of when my going through my father in law's quote book. He re, he did a quote for a bloke called J A R N E. I said, "What's that?" He goes, "Oh, it's this bloke Jarney." I said, "You mean Jarney?" He goes, "Yeah, that's him." How do you spell it? And I said, "Mate, you've got it all wrong." G I. <laughs> G-O-G-O. Johnny. Huge. Massive error. He got there. He got there in the end, though. Um, do you want to talk about it? was good. We, again, we'll, we'll stay needling, Fab. Um, we were talking last week about, you know, boy bands. And when boy bands split up, there's always a breakaway star and they go off and pursue a solo career and they leave the others <laughs> in the dust. Stop it. Um, yes. Have we got our very own Justin Timberlake, Ronan Keating, Robbie Williams among us, Tim? Well... Is he making a dash for the exit? This is more of your axe to grind. It's not an axe to grind. Uh, no, 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 or, or point to be made. There's but, no axe um, to be ground. Well, I'll, I'll let you finish off your point, but I'll, oh, I'll finish add, my point. I'll add I'll just, something I was at keen, the end. I was just keen to get your point because I just thought, why has he got the golf on, by the way? Because this is enough to not distract okay. but uh, give us something to look at at the same time. Is this Was that live? Uh, no. It's the um, middle of the night in, so in, in Scotland. <laughs> no, well, they're nine hours behind, aren't they? Whatever they, yeah, they're behind. Ooh, north up. So it'll be eight odd. That's dangerous. Um, no, so so Fab, obviously, and you've done the jumper punch before, and I thought I'd take no, and, it in. And, and I will say this: the man's loved inexplicably, I, I, last, surprisingly. Last yeah, time right. I hit Media Street, you you cracked it because I did. I didn't prioritise it, but I did it. And when we were speaking about availability to do this show, <laughs> I said I can't do it because. I was unavailable. Was poor form. On so your you were part. like, "Oh yeah, prioritizing." Poor other. form on your Whereas part. Whereas there was no conflict of interest here. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just yeah, oh. but last time you were very cagey and you said you weren't available, yes. so we had to push ours back for other commitments, which is fine. It's a pity I don't because give a family shit and work and all that sort of stuff are very, very important. But when you were prioritizing the competitor, or that's not a competitor. maybe not a competitor, but you know, you know what I mean. You know what I love most about it, though, Fab. I, I took the show and I had it running in the background as I was doing other things, and. Um, I just thought, this is a Fabian that we don't see. This is like face-off. This is like, you know, he, he looks like Fabian, but he's actually a completely <laughs> different person. In what sense? You were just like, it was like watching a stranger who was wearing a Fabian, like a, like a Men in Black maybe. Remember when Vincent D'Onofrio was, uh, uh, Vic, what was his name? Um, the man who his skin he inherited. And I was a bit like that. Uh, the farmer? Yeah. 
And I'd, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I just thought to myself, that's fab. But he doesn't sound like Fab. He doesn't speak like Fab. But as you say, you bounce off different I personalities. I agree. That's in why I found ways. it so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell my Fabaganush story? Yeah, sure. So I, you're going to hate this. This is. This le- better not be complimentary. This is Legends Lunch style. Uh. So I got, I went to a function during the week, um, a, a joint function between the Carlton Football Club and AEG, who are the suppliers, manufacturers of, or you know, distributors of Ele- Electrolux products in Australia. Mm-hmm. And there's a roundabout way that the connection was there. But I've gone along to this function. There was about 50-odd people in there. Right at the end of the night, I'm chatting to a couple of people. And um, one of the guys said, um, oh, do you barrack for Carlton? Because obviously, you know, mm. wherever you come from, you may or may not be a Carlton supporter. And mm. I said, oh, yeah, I said, I am, I am. I said, uh, actually, I'm I'm enough oh, no. of a nutcase of a supporter that I record a podcast with two friends every single week. And the guy goes, um, you're not from the Prendercast, are you? And I've gone, actually, I am. It's funny and, you say that then, because, yes, and, and I am. And then he goes. Did you want a photo? You want a photo? <laughs> <laughs> then he goes. You're not Faber Ganusha, are you? Oh, no. And I said, no, no. I said, oh, I'm Dr. Tim Davis. And he goes, oh, what? Always always a pleasure, Sean. I said, the very one. <laughs> so it was, I just thought, you know. But is that when Tim pulled out his signed 8 by 10 He said, what's your name? He's <laughs> making out. It's the headshot. It's the headshot. <laughs> what's with the apple behind there? <laughs> but I, it was, again, we always talk about how we're three dickheads just sitting there doing it for ourselves. But the fact that. Obviously, some people listen, some people pay attention. It was kind of nice to hear. I liked when someone in Coles overheard Fab asking what aisle something was in and asked if that was Fubba Ganoush. <laughs> and then called his old man over. Bizarre. And I had to take a photo of the two of them. Have you got that distinctive a voice, do you? Oh, I can't. What was I asking him for? Like I think foil he was, I think or he something. was saying, don't you know who I am <laughs> in the in that, Coles? It was the guy from Coles who had to take the photo of his face. <laughs> Like, what is like, happening? What, what's happening here? What is happening? And, and can I tell you one last story oh, about the sake, dinner? Sure thing. So I get the invitation and on it, it says dress code mm. and it says cocktail. And Did you go dressed as Brian Brown? <laughs> no, I should have. <laughs> With a summer shirt and shorts. <laughs> but, and I, I didn't know what it was. And... I kind of thought... Oh, this was the photo he just sent us yes, on Friday night. Yes, that's exactly what it was Wednesday was like, night. What's your favourite line in Cocktail? Um, cocktails sorry. and Dreams. Blink, blink. Blinkity blink. blink. No, it's when... No, I like all the weird, like, you know, um, Coughlin's uh, Law Coughlin's Law, yeah. When Tom Cruise's character's trying to get through the through the crowd. Doug! Doug! And there's the security guy's just trying to catch him, trying to catch him. Cut. And he goes, Doug! And he goes... What, what's my, what's his his character's name? Tom Tom Brian. Cruise. Yes, Brian, Flanagan. my friend, my best oh, Flanagan, my friend, my best friend. And then all of a sudden, the security guard gets there and goes, "Piss off, Henry! It's okay." Piss off, Henry! Yeah. <laughs> He's done yeah. all that work to get there. It's like, yeah, okay, and left. We've, we've spoken about this movie before. Why did Tom Cruise do that movie? I don't know. Good on him though. Continue with your story, Tim. <laughs> so, so ultimately, I was trying to work out what cocktail dress code meant for a bloke, and. I had half settled on, or I had settled on the fact that I think it's black suit bow tie. So I have a black suit. I, I found an old, my bow tie. I don't have a lot of them. I've got one. Was it like Steve Martin in Father of the Bride? And it wasn't as bad as that. Okay. And, yeah. But I've, um, 
done it all. Anyway, I'm at work, but I'm getting a little bit nervous about this because I, I was worried I was going to be overdressed. And I said to one of my mates at work, Todd, I said, Toddy, cocktail dress, what does that mean for a bloke? And he goes, black suit, bow tie. And I said, beautiful. I'm good. That's what I've got. I did said, he say it that quickly? Yes, he did. Oh, okay. And um, so I rocked up, only bloke in the room with a bow tie. <laughs> it was like the Brownlow. Remember when that happened? <laughs> when what? Because guys were wearing like crushed yeah, velvet yeah, suits yeah, yeah, and they were yeah, doing yeah, weird stuff. Yeah, and then they were yeah. like, hey, hey. Black tie. Black I just got a text tie. message from Daniel Stocko. Oh, yeah. Listener. How, how, why have you got so many of our listeners' phone numbers? What is I, I don't. There? I don't. Obviously, obviously, people have figured out how to find my mobile Your number. Your mobile number? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's a bit strange. Um, I do like Daniel, though. Yeah, and he's, he has acquired some grappa. Oh, there you go. I will, I will you contact go. you. He said I couldn't, I couldn't DM you on Twitter for some reason. They did, open your they DMs. did mention so that the other day. They said that the price of liquor is going up. So if you're getting grappa on the down low, be very, very thankful because mm. a bit of a shortage. Mm. Danny Boy, I will be in contact. Printer DJ time last week was Limp Biscuits rolling, of course, Air Raid Mix uh, say, featuring yeah. Fabian Guadagnolo. On every backup instrument and vocals by the end. Um, yeah, the track was just about four wins in a row. Just keep rolling. Um, the printer DJs are becoming less abstract. There, uh, there, was, there was a good response to uh, the um, the fact that you recorded him fab, while yeah. he was listening to it. it was which, good. which tickled, what about, what tickled about, my fancy. You, you might not have seen it, but the song started and he just perked up immediately. It was as lively as I've seen he him did. during a recording months. And he perked up and then he went and pulled out of like a full-scale envelope two drumsticks. <laughs> I, did, I did think the drumsticks were pecu- <laughs> and I peculiar. Thought, I thought, well, what's he doing? Where's he gotten these from? Why does he have these? And I don't then know he, if the drumsticks have made the... Made trip. The, they made the move. They're in the pot plant. The 25 wow. meter journey. Of course, they're in the pot plant. <laughs> uh, so, printer DJ mainstays Adrian Salerno got it. David Redbear got it as well. So, congratulations to you two. Dear reviews, we've got a couple of reviews. We've guilted our listeners who haven't left a review into doing so uh, on the promise of a shout out. So, here is your shout outs. Uh, Studog, as the title review says, best Carlton pod out there. This is comfortably the best Carlton pod available. I've tried a few, but I've settled on this one and one other. Really well produced, quality analysis, questionable quality banter. Don't know about that, uh, Stu Dog. We might have to end that one here. A uh, variety of other stuff that defies description. During the dark times of 22 and 23, this pod was the only thing uh, worth looking forward to with the Carlton Footy Club. Keep up the great work. We've got Mike. Um, Need some geography lessons? Listen. Need some movie reviews? Listen. <laughs> Need some fast food recommendations? Listen. Need to hear some genuine and random mates chatting about stuff? Listen. I like it. Thank you. Uh, and Wardsome, uh, his title his is titled Moonball. Evening, gents. By far my favourite pod. Can't even explain why I listen to the entire episode, but I can't stop. <laughs> Sean is insightful, but pisses me off. Um, <laughs> In brackets, stop picking on Faber Ganoush. You're not going to like the first part of this episode, uh, Wardsome. Uh, Tim is the mediator. is just brilliant. Um, at Who wants to be a millionaire? And my favourite, Fab. Why? Please don't leave, Fab. What? On a side note, I can't believe you guys didn't pick up on Moonball. Uh, that was the Freo thing with Acres, I think, wasn't it? They kept on... Referring to it as a moonball. Moon yeah, because the high ball inside. Ridiculous. Whatever, yeah. But no, thank you for that. The three of you left reviews. Really, really well appreciated. Uh, if you want to leave a review in future, please do. And we'll read it out on the podcast. We haven't had some for a while, so it was good to get some come through. It was really, really, really excellent. Tim Davis. All right, we ready, Timbo? We're ready. Always ready. What are you doing? Fabian's leaving us. Where are you going, Fabian? 
He's just leaving. It's my lifeline. It is. Your lifeline is <laughs> unavailable. A man of great interest, some 56 years after his death, Tim, what does the J in J. Robert Oppenheimer stand for? Does it stand for A, John, B, Joseph, C, James, or D, Julius? What does the J in J. Robert Oppenheimer stand for? I did Google him this week. A lot of people have. I reckon his Wikipedia hit pay, hits would be going would right through, through the, the roof. roof. Yep, yep. And and I, I haven't seen it yet. Neither have I seen Barbie yet. I've seen both of them. Uh, we'll talk about that later, yeah, I'm sure. sure. Um, and, and I know, and even maybe last week when you, t- I think you might have talked about it, and we talked about J. Robert Oppenheimer, <laughs> and a very, very small part of me thought, I wonder what J stands for. This is one of the ones you should have been noting down, Tim. I know, I know. Did I delve? No, no I did not. It's funny you mention your Wikipedia, because I thought when I wrote the question, I thought, here's a chance to have encountered something, some kind of correspondence about Oppenheimer. He's a chance to have only just come across this. And what's fascinating is... When you see Oppenheimer and you think, okay, well, you've you've obviously come from a slightly different cultural background, so my my immediate inkling was would be you're probably going to be looking at Joseph or Julius, mm-hmm. but then his middle name's Robert, and you've gone exactly right. <laughs> you know, if his middle name was Franz or something like that, I'd be very very happy to go the other way. But all of a sudden, John and James could work as well. You know what I find fascinating? So, what's your middle name? I'm John. I'm there you go, Timothy so, John. So you would be. It's, it's not. Like I stopped short of saying it's very American, but it's American enough that there would be you would be, you know, T. John Davis. Yep. And I would be S. Gregory Peter Budge. Yeah. And I'd use my middle name as my name. It happens a lot. At not so much here culturally. For, yeah. You know, your given name is your given name, and your middle name is clearly it's usually it's a nod, it's a um, in reverence to someone or whatever a place. Who knows. But it is, yeah, it's an American and a more American thing that you go by what we would prescribe your middle name. Well, my mother-in-law every now and again will refer to Elise as Kath or Kathy because her middle name's Catherine and it's weird. weird. It is yeah. weird. Like it, you're sort of going, well, you named her and <laughs> you know that her name is Elise. So If anyone in this room should know what her name is, that'd, it's you. <laughs> that'd be you. But anyway, we digress. Look, I'm my initial thinking, do I get a 50-50 given that my... Uh, no. No, you don't want to, do you? No. You're an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, I'm my initial inkling was uh, with a bit of a European surname, I'm going to knock out John and James. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave myself with Joseph and Julius. Yep. How do we spell Joseph? Is it with a PH or with an F? PH. I am. I going... thought about not giving you that, but then I thought, in the spirit of millionaire, it would be on the screen. Yes, well, this is true yeah. too. Look, I am in in going fitty fitty and all that sort of stuff. Maybe just uh, in reverence and a shout out to Dr. Julius Sumner Miller of uh, um, Cap- Cadbury fame. I don't think he do that. Was, <laughs> was sure. he just the fucking blue the, ink? I asked the, the questions here, Tim. I'm going to lock in D. Julius, and I'll probably find out it's Joseph, but I'm running with Julius. You're going to lock in D. Dr. J. Yes, that's what we're doing. Julius. So he's locked in Julius. It's not John Robert Oppenheimer. It's not James Robert Oppenheimer. And it's also not 
Joseph Robert Oppenheimer. It's Julius Robert Oppenheimer. That's Wowie. the one. He's worked his way through it, and to my great displeasure, he's come up with the right answer. You can't imagine how happy that makes me feel. Damn it. You're under pressure there for a couple of weeks. You'd come up short, and then a few times you'd actually completely dismiss the answer out of Immediately. It, off, and I, was, and I, I have to work so hard to restrain a smile when you... <laughs> The last week when you completely dismissed Hershey, <laughs> and I, just went, I was like, oh, fucking beautiful. I was like, continue, Tim. Continue. <laughs> exactly right. Go on your wild rant, Continue, big man. yeah, yeah. That's well, point well made, Tim. Point well made. Uh, no, so it is Julius Robert Oppenheimer, of wow, course. Wait. There you go. Um, born in, I think he was born in 1904. Um, and obviously... Dead. Dead now, yes. Uh, come to great prominence for his role in the Manhattan Project and a very, very popular, very... Um, I suppose, uh, in the zeitgeist kind of movie just at the moment. Absolutely. And and how did you like it? So I I did like it. And I think that what the – so I think that my, my relationship with it's kind of hard to explain because it's a really – it's a good movie. It's a really well done movie. Pretty much every aspect of it is in terms of the technical stuff is fantastic. And it's a guy – I think what I love about Christopher Nolan is he's reached the point now where – and there are very few filmmakers actually like this. He just makes whatever he wants, however he wants. He is given the um, he's given the free reign and the opportunity to tell whatever story he wants, however he wants to tell it. Yes. And there are so few story takers in uh, storytellers in filmmaking who are afforded that luxury. So when he does make, he's so like he's like a big fucking ape handling those. Sorry, no I'm back. <coughs> you, you look exhausted. You look like that I'm was a, You look like that was a battle. No, no, no. I'm just I'm buggered. Oh, just, so you were just, just having a crap. Just a tired man. Tired man. So, I think what I would say about the film is that at times it's a bit scattergun. Yep. It's a, it's it's sort of as films like that can sometimes do. The story it's telling is so big. Yes. And it's so important, and there's so much to it that. Telling that story, you can get a little bit wayward at times yep. and you can kind of lose a little bit of focus. I think at times it gets wayward. I don't think it loses the audience um, in doing so. But there are moments where you're kind of going, so where, sorry, where are we? Well, in, the, in this timeline you're telling, you're going, did we really need to do the non-linear stuff? You're like, sorry, where are we in the story? So they bounce around a bit. Bouncing they? around yeah, a little bit okay. and you're sort of going, what's – and the film I don't think does a great job. I only knew this because I'd read about it. The sequences in the movie that are in black and white are apparently not subjective. Apparently they are sort of a matter of record. This yeah, is how yeah, a particular okay. incident took place. And the scenes in colour are obviously extrapolated from this event in interpretation of how something might have happened. They're based on parts and the other parts are just a... Well, it's based on a... like He's used a book as a source to kind of inform a lot of the conversation. but That's clever. Yeah, well, in terms of historical biography, maybe, or just does it become that, relevant at any point, or is it just sort of a just a bit of a you know, recognition of what we know and what we think? I think it's interesting because the vast majority of people in twenty twenty three would not know anything about the Julius Robert Project. Oppenheimer. They wouldn't know anything about him, so he's kind of a blank canvas with respect to people walking in. Largely, wouldn't have a preconceived notion of who the man is, or an idea of how he should look or how he should be played. Like, one of the funny things to consider when Steven Spielberg made Lincoln was, what did he sound like? And when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, there's no recording of him. Yeah. There's no audio of him. There's nothing where you can go, oh, that's Lincoln's voice. 
So what does he sound like? And, and how do you do that justice? Yeah, and then even then, it's like, well, if someone so does So he might have had a really high voice. He, he may have. He may have sounded like he was sucking on helium. <laughs> Great leader, but hey, he well, might I think have, we should do this. <laughs> he might have sounded like Barry White. Yeah, exactly. Like, who right. knows? Um, but I thought that was interesting. By the end, it becomes very jfk and I think I put the thing on Twitter you did. about, you did. I want to know what Oliver Stone thinks of it, just out of a matter of interest, because yeah. I, I, I think he would love it, yeah. and he would love how the film basically come the end credits is this, like, withering takedown of self-invested, self-absorbed, egotistical bureaucrats. Yep. It's this withering, like, just these people, this is what they're like, you know, no morals, no scruples, no code but their own. Um, and it's a it's a bit prestige in the sense that it all boils down to sort of a feud between two people, the fallout of this bomb, so to speak, pardon the pun, the fallout of this seismic moment in human history and where it found the man most responsible and how he was cast and how he was painted and cast out by the political establishment and certain people within it. A, it's shameful and how it was done is disgusting. Yep. But why it was done and it's ultimately over very small potatoes, yeah. it's, it's yep. quite fascinating. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is absolutely sensational and he will be nominated for an Oscar. Whether he wins, obviously we've got to wait to see what he's up against, but he was absolutely brilliant. It was awesome to see Alden Ehrenreich have a reasonable size role. He was the young guy that played Han Solo in that film that just didn't quite work and it wasn't his fault it didn't work, but he's seemingly been made to carry the can about why the film was a failure. It was like, well, he was the least of that film's problems, yeah, yep. but he hasn't had an opportunity, but he was great and it was great to see him in a good role in what's going to be a good movie, which will hopefully then lead to him getting more gigs. Yep. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's a very, very big film it's very very well made maybe it suffers under the weight of its ambition at times what's well, a big it's a big subject matter I mean, this is it. It, it it is as important a moment in um modern day history as there's been well nolan's been on the record as saying and a few people have kind of said it but um oppenheimer might be the most important person to have ever lived mm. because there is a clear delineation bet- before, before and after his influence and after yeah, and, yeah you know, they've only ever used the bomb twice um has it deterrent has it been effective you could argue it has has it led to was the he involved in both bombs well he, <clears> he, he designed them he was the leader of the manhattan project but I say, so they're, they're, <coughs> they're two very different bombs. No, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm. You're talking about the hydrogen bomb, which came a bit no, later. No, but one's, one's a plutonium-based bomb. One yeah, but they, the, the, the concept of the Los Alamos, are, The Los Alamos project produced both of them. Okay. And then he... I am looking forward to this. The, the hydrogen bomb came a little bit later. Gotcha. But, Will um, Lisi enjoy coming and watching it with me? I think it's a, fa- I think it's a really fascinating portrait of a guy who... Um, have you seen There Will Be Blood, Daniel Day-Lewis, The no. Oil Prospector? No. Unbelievable, brilliant film and a brilliant – he won the Oscar. He was fantastic. There are moments in this film where Murphy is a bit like him and not just in – almost in delivery and presentation. I don't think that's intentional as such, but a few times I was like, oh, this is very Daniel Plainview. And, and I only say that because if anyone out there has seen There Will Be Blood and they've seen Oppenheimer, get in touch with me. But my whole base of that or basis for that – was that both of these films about these people and what they're doing and how they're carrying themselves and they're underpinned by this like flawed humanity that drive these two characters. This, For better or worse, these people are who they are and it's compelling to see that their foibles and their shortcomings and their ego and their ambition laid bare. It's, it's fascinating to see what it builds to, what it leads to, what the fallout is, how it affects those around them, how it affects those they deal with. 
and I suppose the consequences that they have to wear as a result. Yep. You got this really egotistical, brilliant mind, but he was also probably a bit of an insufferable prick. Yeah, okay. Like I said to Dad, I saw it with Dad, and I said, like Oppenheimer's the sort of guy, if you think about in the 30s and 40s on campus at whatever university he was at. UCLA. No, but in terms of wherever he was <coughs> around the world, no. he, was, he was in England previously and he was – whichever campus he was on, like he doesn't care how the footy team went on the weekend. Yeah. Like you're not talking yep. to Oppenheimer about, oh, I just see such and such as pitch, pitching yep. on the weekend. He's pure Akko. Pure Akko yeah. yep. and very sure of himself. Pure Akko. But very sure of himself, <coughs> very, you know, yep. knows, he's, knows he's pretty good, ego, all that stuff. Yep. And that can rub people the wrong way who maybe don't, and he doesn't care if you don't get it. Yeah, yep. no, He's not trying to be your mate. Yep. Um, but no, really fascinating, really well done, really important film. Uh, well, I look forward to it. Thank Good. you. I like that. I like that very much. When are you seeing it, Fab? Um, it'll be this week. I just ran out of time this weekend. So. so busy with the move, Tim. This is true. Busting thumbs. Busting thumbs. Saw Barbie as well. Fascinated to see more people see that. I'm fascinated. Because we had a few girls at work that were having a girls' night out Friday night and watching it. So um, I'm, I'm so interested to see what people make of it. Yeah, I'll ask them. I'm, I'm in no position to criticise in because it's not for me. No, the, that's the, exactly right. The message of the film doesn't speak to me, but I'm so fascinated to see it. It's first weekend in broad release around the world because it's not really the film that was marketed. Yeah. It's well, not, and that was I heard the comment was saying, yeah, they made the, the, the movie for $140 million, but they spent $170 million on... Um, marketing, marketing. Well, they all, you can always not always, but you can. A rule of thumb is generally whatever the budget is of yeah. the movie, and that it takes in everything. That takes in probably the twenty million they've given Margot Robbie to do it, etc. It's got yeah. a big cast, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of money would be tied up in actors, but that also <clears throat> you can almost double that for promotional. Yep. Whatever yep. the budget of the movie is. Why is Ryan Gosling's hair blonde when Ken was always a brunette? You know who would have been perfect to play a Ken? Tell me, our man. Our man who? Army. Ray Martin. Army. Army. Yeah. But cannibal, you know, weird, <laughs> weird sexual tendencies. Yeah. Bit of persona non grata selling timeshares, as we all know. Yes. But I, I was watching the movie and I thought, Army Hammer really should have, this should be Army Hammer. Not in maybe the Gosling role, but in one of the Ken roles. Yeah. If he wasn't a weirdo. Yeah. And yeah. off the grid. But no, if anyone's seen Barbie, definitely touch base because I'm so intrigued to get people's read on it. Like, there were little girls going in to see it, and I remember thinking at the end, this ain't a kid's film. No. no. And mums okay. and dads taking little girls to see it are going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So. Uh, and, and as you sort of say, you, you kind of only get one shot at it, so whichever take you want to uh, run with, what lens you want to be able to see Barbie through and all that sort of stuff is entirely up to you. So, um, and a big, big project too. Like, it's a big undertaking, you know. You, you kind of, if you're going to do it, you kind of want to do it right. Well, it's like anything. Well, it's true, too. It's like anything, isn't it? Oh, it's a 90s banger. Oh, controversial. Why? Jane Osborne. I hate this song. It's not, it's not about you liking the song, it's about you recognizing it as a quintessential 90s song. You Luddite. Yeah, yeah. I like how Fabian like, just discounts the fact that just this is a 90s banger because it was a worldwide smash hit. Just because you didn't like it doesn't invalidate it. I always found thoughts a touch slow. What? 
just a touch slow. The song. Let's look at it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why do we play that, Tip? Because the Blues are back, baby. We did play because the Blues are back. What don't you like about it? It's just a shit song. It's not a shit song. You're a fucking idiot. I'm not saying it's a. It's, I'm not saying it's an amazing song. It's one of the all-time great songs. But like, it's not a shit song. And you know how I know it's not a shit song? Because yeah. it's a worldwide number one smash hit. Yeah, but so was fucking Peaches and stuff. By the presence of yeah, that, Peaches America. wasn't as big as that. No, we near Peaches it. was never number one. She fucking irritated me with that. That's fine. Fucking she, nose ring. That's too. fine. Sorry. She can irritate Sorry. you all she wants. I don't know why you're getting so angry about Joan Osborne. Come on, Nick Kangas. I just conceded a goal. Huh. So you didn't you don't like that fab? I don't like the song. No. It's okay. one of those I'll skip it if it if it ever comes on. Skip. Why didn't is like that? it at, didn't like it at the time. Don't what like about it. you, now. Tim? Uh yeah, I like the song. Thank you. Yeah. That's all right. I know you, you, you guys. A little bit of common sense. Uh first football related topic. We've taken our time getting there. Um <laughs> I'd actually kind of streamlined the run sheet as well, and it's done nothing. In, I got the caption or the, the, the heading here, break them early. Yes. So the fall of the Eagles is as remarkable a story as we've seen in recent years in football. They, Six years ago, they won the premiership. They have got some good names missing, absolutely no question, and, and a chewy goes down during the game yesterday to compound matters. And no McGovern, no Barras going in. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And, and look, you know, people, and half offsets, no Harry. But but people list all these guys, and, yeah. and you're sort of thinking, well, some of these guys have been injured for so long that you actually can't really count them because yeah. a they might not ever get back, so then they might be right at the end of their careers, and they haven't played in so long that you can't be relying on them to come back and make you better. Yeah. Um, but what they are is a shallow shell of a team. For God knows what reason, they they should not be that bad or as bad as they've been this year. They don't work. No, no, but they, they should not be this bad. No, no, I agree. And, and it's quite extraordinary to watch a team that has so much of the framework of what had been a pretty good team for quite a few years up yep. until a few years ago be this poor. Yeah. But on them, they do not deserve a lick of sympathy because if people aren't aware of this, if you think Collingwood are bad, Carlton are bad, Richmond are bad, Essendon are bad – in terms of entitlement and just disgusting antics. The Eagles have got everyone covered. They are a disgrace. And if anyone's been to Subiaco to watch their team play the Eagles or, you know, Optus Stadium now to play the Eagles, they are more feral than anything you've ever seen here. Yes. They are just, even in Adelaide. (laughs) You say that and all I have, I only have one image that I always come back to. And do you remember that qualifying final when Michael O'Loughlin ran into the open goal yep. and kicked the goal and got into the faces of those two <laughs> guys, oh, well, then they still they're still there and watch it from exactly the same seats. They're just now twenty years older, but it is um, and they deserve every second yeah, of their yeah, team no being this for bad. Them, I, I, I was that, so, that, that will that is the face of the West Coast. I wanted supporter. to issue the caveat of everyone like we were that team. You know, Melbourne have been, We've that, all team. been that team. Yeah. Someone's been someone is always this team that you're just the punching bag. Yep. You're just no yep. good. The Eagles deserve. Every second of what they're going through, and I love it. And I loved watching us dismantle <laughs> I'm here for them. It, he says. <laughs> I loved watching us dismantle them yesterday. I was frothing at the mouth like Cujo when what? we were eighty points up before halftime. And, and without taking any of your thunder, um, I I had to coach basketball, so I I missed the first quarter. <laughs> Com- Pat Riley over here, <laughs> combined with um, there was an auction of a house directly opposite us. Sorry, did you wear what at the basketball court? There was an auction going on right next no, door no, no, to the basketball. No, no. So basketball, basketball game was one thirty uh, at Slater Reserve in Blackburn. Okay. 
came home that the auction was underway on our street. And, of course, you know what it's like. Does this have something to do with me enjoying the Eagles being shit? Well, it's just I. Well, it was during the first quarter, okay. and, and I just I needed to know what the score was, and uh, and took a quick look because again, yeah, we dropped a few players, all that sort of stuff, and I, I just I wanted to make sure something happened hadn't happened, and we were out of the game or under you said pressure. It settled your nerves. It was fifty-two to two, <laughs> but I don't know. Were you nervous about Carlton, or were you nervous going into an auction that you weren't participating in? No, I wasn't nervous, wasn't about, nervous the about the auction. Okay, that's so curious. No, no, I was nervous about how would the game settle down. Okay, and and in a game where we dropped not dropped Crips, we we'd rested Crips, we'd managed Terror perhaps. You know whether he was injured. They're saying or whatever Crips or had a cork or whatever. That's is yeah, that just complete? It's just he apparently was sore after the game. Is this because the Australian football media and public are yet to? They're just too naive and too. Um, They're not mature enough. Ma- yeah, immature to understand. As a club, I have a choice to make, and I can drop Tim Davis if I want to drop Tim Davis. Yeah. You know what I'd love? No other reason other than he's not playing this week. Well, no and, one will and, and the best this. thing with you both being genuine soccer supporters, because I'm a I'm a bandwagon soccer supporter. Yep. You know, by every stretch of the, um, Fantasy the definition. United did a number on his gunners this morning. Did they, I didn't even know. There you go. Mm. I knew we were playing, but two yeah, There you go. Excellent. Uh, Who scored? Was it Sancho and Fernandes? Uh, Fernandes. Have you heard that? No. That's why I stopped playing FIFA, because the commentator doesn't say Fernandez. He says Fernandes. Well, in 97, FIFA 97, Alessandro Del Piero was called Alessandro Del Piero Tonyon. They used to have this T-O-G-O-N chucked on the end. Why? I don't know. And if anyone remembers this, Alessandro Del Piero Tonyon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It might have been a, that was a, it might like have been a bug. said Tonyon, but it was T-O-G-O-N when it came up on the screen. T-O-G-N-O-N Is that his like, actual T-O-G-O-N. given name? T-O-G-O-N. It was like Togon. Is that Togon. Like, but is that part of his name? No. No. Was it some a sort of a trademark? Yes. Oh, okay, I see. But no, my point being, um, yeah, get back to your story obviously, obviously at the highest level of uh, world football, um, strength of... Um, list and depth and all that sort of stuff is really, really important and who you play, who you start, who you bring on for shorter shifts during you know what I'd love during for a coach seasons to say? is fantastic. You know what I'd love for a coach to say? Win the game first. Yeah. But you know what I'd love for a coach to say? Going, look, you're not going to like to hear this. Um, everyone has their turn where the Eagles are and yep. it's it's obviously no good for them and, and they're working through it and they will they will come again. Yep. They will rise and get better and they'll be better but than right this. But right now we don't have to be necessarily But right that now good. we took a calculated risk that we had a few boys that are a little bit sore um and if we needed them to play yep. they would have going and going, you know what I would say I'd challenge it and say this will be a story this will burn as hot as any story for years going me just being honest with you. Yeah. Going we had an opportunity to rest a few boys who are a little bit banged up. Um, we took a calculated risk. Maybe it blows up in our face. Yep. But we took a calculated and, and, and risk. And that was my worry. To rest I, these guys. Yep. Because um, cause the one thing, and, and I sort of explained it to Torren during the telecast, was so often, actually it might have even been all these, um, but, but there are so <laughs> many. Whoever would listen yeah. to Someone was sitting next to me. <laughs> but there are so many games where you hear people say, Gus. if you don't bring... Um, Yes, guys. If you don't come to play point, Tim. And, and, and bring the best version of yourself, if you are 2% off your best, yep. 
you will lose. Okay. And, and we've all seen that. You know, if you if you're just not on, you can get exposed. How'd you get that number two percent? Well, it's just it's, you know, I looked at a carton know, of we, milk we get, we get where you're trying to go. But, but I sort of said it, what you found in watching that is West Coast right now are twenty percent off the pace. Yeah, and what I was there was a fear that we'd go in there and take the Mickey, yeah. and I think there were large parts of the game in which we did later, yeah. but we came out and started with absolute fire. Fire and intensity. Yes. And then, therefore, you could put – because at quarter time, from quarter time onwards, we were – our starting – our four best midfielders weren't even available. Yeah. So, Cripps, Chera, Walshie like and Kennedy. We're going to get back to this. Okay. Um, so, on the Eagles, they absolutely deserve this. I took great pleasure watching us tear them apart. But something that we'd spoken about during our slump of eight – whatever, we are weeks ago – we needed to do a few things. I'm going to touch on those now. One, we needed to get the start right. We needed to get whatever our activation is right. We needed to be ready to go at the first bounce. We needed to be ready to go right after halftime, right after the breaks. Because mm-hmm. when we were in the doldrums, that was disgusting. Yeah, It was appalling. It would take us 15 minutes to warm into quarters and well, the Gold Coast bring the game, application, when it started, bring the mentality. It was the example. Like, it, it was just, terrible. It was, it was appalling. Um, it just was not AFL standard. So for me, Fab, that was a really big tick to be able to come out be ready to go, not wait for the game to come to us to find our footing. We needed to be better at that, and we were better than that, better at that on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. That's all you got for me? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. It, it kind of leads on to what I, I was saying is <clears throat> there was always going to be elements of our performance where you took the mickey because you, you, you know that you are – Players are enjoying than, themselves. And, that's right, and then – when, when things start to get on a roll, you're like, ah, I'm not going to do the one percenters. I'm not going to give the handball over the top. I'm yep. going to try and go. Yep. The self-preservation bit. So the start especially to come out and just go, no, on it from the get-go. Yep. So whatever we've done. Don't warm into the game. We're coming in and we we're, said, we are foot to the floor. So what we've done, I think. Rolling know, the, start. These triggers vary club to club. It might be a drill. It might be a song. It might something. Whatever the trigger is that you go, all right, here we go. It's game time. Let's go. You'd We're, love for me to say it's John Wick mode. No, but, no, but yeah, teams know, like all sorts of different things. It, like I said, it's a lanes or a particular drill in the warm-up or an address from a player or a moment a particular player provides or whatever it is, a song. doesn't yep. matter. Whatever we were doing was not AFL standard yep. and it was not working. Yep. Over the last couple of weeks, we've played <clears throat> teams we should be beating and we've taken care of business in beating them, which is fantastic. But a really important, a really pleasing part of it for me is whatever we've done to fix those starts, we've addressed it. Now there's a big test on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And this and this was the prime opportunity to for regression. Yes. To, yeah. and, and we didn't. And it's not goals. It's not it's not start the game and kick six goals in the first quarter. No. It's well, start, that's obviously our best quarter. It's attitude. For, it's attitude. It's mm. mentality. It's your intensity at the contest. Application. It's your comms and your voice out on the field. It's yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. And you can have all of that, and sometimes you don't hit the scoreboard. Hundred percent. And that's mm. that's always part of the risk we of were, football. We were on it from get the get go. And, 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 Sam, and tell Sam me, Walsh. Oh yeah. That first quarter is as good a first quarter played this season by anyone. I agree. Okay. We're going to get onto him in a moment. And and and, and there's some fucking idiot on what Twitter. Moron. What a moron! Absolutely. What do you say? Uh, I put the tweet out. The tweet was, I think it was early in the second quarter, maybe. I just said. Uh, Said Sam Walsh is the equal of any player in the competition. 
Absolutely. You know, at his best, you know, Sam Walsh is the equal when he's playing like this. He's the equal of any player in the competition. And yet, all these assholes going, "I'll oh, note if he's injured." You're going, "No, well, based on the performance he just put in, yeah. this is clearly as good as anyone else in the game can play." Yeah. And then, and and the comment was, "Oh, he's um, his body's a bit unreliable." Yeah, he's not. He's not durable, Fab. Yeah, he's not durable. He's done. We did the numbers. He's missed six yeah. games in four and three quarters of a year. Yeah, but yeah. his his injuries haven't been. Oh, your body. They've been. Well, they've been syndesmosis and he missed and a preseason. Yeah, but that's impact related injury. Fab, yeah. he missed a preseason, you know, with that ankle. I said, what? When he rolled his ankle in a tackle? Yeah. He that, missed that, some time. You know, and, he, and he missed one game. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Running in a straight line and blowing your knee is body issues. When you. Yeah, yeah that's exactly a right. A football related injury. Poor old Alex yeah. Johnson on those types. Well, that's right. Um, yeah. Was he. Six, I think. Our reserves? Yeah, yeah he, was, he, and he did it again, and I think. Did it again. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, he just obviously had a Six. gait, a physiological, yeah. like a gait, the way he shifted yeah. and shifted weight and everything. Maybe a more female-ish. I, I, I went down a rabbit hole and watched a documentary on why women do have a far greater Is it wider, wider hips? It's the wider hips, so yeah. the angle at which the leg bone comes and meets Dr. Ganoush, where is the, it? Um, Don't tell me I've got rid of it. Don't tell me I got rid of it. <laughs> idiot. Don't tell me... Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ganoush. Yeah. We didn't have to wait long. It's the angle at which the leg bone gotcha. meets the knee. Um, there's also that thing, and then is there a, a lot of, of people these days that don't like to mention it? But the so what basically what what it was, and it was this 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 female doctor. She was she did a lot of the research behind it. She said in female sport, it was. The basis for it was it was knees, but then there was also the the sub topic of men identifying as women playing in women's sport, and she's got it's got actually nothing to do with testosterone levels and stuff. What doing knees? No, no. The the the. What are you talking about? Being no, no. Remind me not to hire him to do some kind of medical. No, no. The the injury. Yeah. So she was trying to say, look, that's a byproduct. So. I don't know what you're talking about. Focus Start again. The... Start again. No, no, no. Because you, you interrupted me. Start again. This lady was talking about why females do more ACLs per unit. Now, per she unit. was also saying that the menstrual cycle also, it does, affects the joints in a woman. In a woman. Okay. So, yeah. So for one week out of every four, they're more susceptible. They're more, more susceptible. Absolutely, so you're they are. They oh, maybe to avoid injury, be rested. If you and it's also like you know when a woman is pregnant, mm-hmm. as she progresses, yep. her joints naturally become more flexible, more flexible because of what's going to have to happen with so everything. Millions of years of evolution. This All right. It. So it's uh, yeah, it was a very very interesting. Oh, I, I have heard that. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm any wiser after that explanation, but we've heard it. So thank no, you no, for sharing it. Females have a much How do we even get onto that? higher propensity. Because you were saying Sam Walsh uh, wasn't like he was running a straight line and did an ACL. Yeah. Is, is where, how we got that, to it. Yeah. Which some female athletes, and they've seen this a lot in soccer, are doing it. How much yeah. of it's to do as well with, particularly in AFL football, you don't have, when you get to AFL football, you don't have 10 years worth of conditioning relevant conditioning in your legs about shifting and jumping and landing. You don't actually have that mm. like embedded in your physiology from having played the game for so much yeah. longer. So they I wonder touched, if they, they touched on that and they say so the data is showing that it's improving. Yes. Because females are starting 
a stronger background and younger, more depth and they're coming and, into the game yeah. with stronger. But and, the angle, and, and more the suitable. angle between, the, it basically came down to the leg bone, the angle between the hips and where it meets the knees. They, it does, it's sort they of, called it an angle, I can't remember it, what it, it was. Because sort of, a lot of the knees are obviously buckling in, aren't they? Well, the whole so point the of the, the ACL does not lengthen. If it's asked to lengthen, it snaps. You know what the greatest missed <clears> opportunity <throat> in modern medical science is? Tell me. Lars. Well, I don't it, know why it was abandoned. It was never going to get better. It was never going to get better if, if you abandon it. We should have been 10 years further down the line. But there was people that had done Lars that were it, they were re-injuring it, getting up off the toilet. No, but then there's obviously an issue with the synthetic ligament. That well, would this, not, that can't evolve yeah, if yeah. you're not using it. Improve the synthetic ligament. Yeah, yeah. And then if you want to get a proper knee reco when you're done, the fact that guys do – you think about how much money is tied up in professional athletes. Yeah. Derek Rose is the one we've spoken about on pod before. Derek Rose is – not the best player in the NBA. Sure, but he's, he was questionable to return for the game three or whatever it was. It was a joke. But he does his ACL <laughs> in the playoffs. And, you know, poor Will Ashcroft's done his ACL last night. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see you in 12 months, maybe 11, there or thereabouts. We'll see you in this time next year. That's just where we go to with it. We should be at the stage now, 10 years after first kind of, well, even longer than that, but going through these Lars experiments, we should be at the stage now where <laughs> but you say Will Ashcroft, we, you, you, I'm just talking about sports, Will yeah, Ashcroft yeah, okay. can credibly get a Lars surgery that he can have and if he needs to get it replaced and like an oil change, at the end of his career, it's a six-week thing if in five years' time, look, we need to change the ligament out in the off-season, an mm. arthroscope, fix it up, and mm. then if you want to do a proper knee reco at the end of your career... And use your hamstring tendon do a proper and do knee it once and... Why we and, taking, it also, and also Why are we taking the hamstring that? tendon? Yeah. It's just like... It was never this surgery and this procedure which could open up so many more possibilities for professional athletes and guys who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars to their NFL team or their basketball team, whatever. You're putting them on the shelf for a year and you're dealing with the mental and the psychological. Eventually, Rose was never the same mentally. No, no, clearly not. But you're dealing with that. You're going, if we went down this route where you went, look, it's a six-week recovery, whatever eight-week recovery, and that would get down again and again and again. And then we get to the point, if you want to have it done properly, have it done properly. But to carry out and perform your job, get the Lars. And if you can be back in 12 weeks or whatever, oh, whatever. the was Nick Malcheski so successful with it? Exactly right. Well, I, yeah, what, I, I, think, I think that's the million-dollar question. There are, there are guys that have a predisposition to doing ACLs, again, whether it's anything to do with angles and function and slackness in knees and all that sort of stuff. Who would ever know? Maybe he, for whatever the reasons, for, at the opposite end, um, for him, Lars just worked. And two, maybe it's an aspect as well where you look at it. So I think Troy Menzel didn't do his knee twisting, turning, landing. It was that impact guy coming in and like tackles and what. So you maybe Troy you or Daniel? Troy out our, our our Menzel because yeah. he had a Lars. I think he had a Lars done when he was at 16. 16. Yeah. So because he didn't do his as a physiological defect of the way he ran or landed or was pivoted. Yeah. Maybe it was less susceptible to go then because it was a pure impact, pure yep. freak mechanism that yes. actually did it that wasn't to do with his body language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think it's one of the biggest – I talked to someone at the footy club about it when I said – because they were saying there's a lot of failures and whatever. And I said, you know what else would have failed? Heart transplants. If they just gave up and just said, oh, God, it's not working. Yeah. You know, or didn't work on the mm. valves. Or well, there's a lot of situations where you go, yeah, no, no, so patient rejected the organ and all this sort of yeah. stuff. You know, obviously it has to happen. So. It, but I just thought, well, what I said to the, the doctor, I'm not, I wasn't arguing with the doctor, but I was just argue, you know, asking the question, well, it's not going to get better if we're not doing it. 
lives. 100%. It's like yeah. we should now, in t- 10 years down the line, someone should have persisted through and said, Tim, you've done your knee playing recreational netball, mixed netball. Look, do you want to have a Lars? Yep. See how it goes, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because a lot of those recreational stuff now, you're not even getting – they're not even doing knee recos on rank-and-file members of the public. Well, Brent Gleeson has done an oh, ACL and, and he, he has never had it repaired. And he still plays, you know, basketball every Wednesday night with a bunch of mates and does all that Does he ever just collapse? No. Well, he, he knows what does work and what doesn't work. And as, like he'll normally sort of play point guard. Yeah. And if he's ever out and on a um, – he doesn't do a layup because he can't sort of mm-hmm. jump off that one leg because it's you know, it will collapse underneath him. So he just – he dribbles in, he stops, and he puts up a jump shot. Can I say observation Ganoush here? Mm. Look, Charlie's obviously – an athletic beast. But when he's chasing or they're going after a ball, he won't... He won't do the big sharp change of direction. Have you noticed that or is it just me? He he, he, he won't plant. He kind of, he kind of yeah, he doesn't... He, his arc to come... So he sometimes he'll, he'll get outdone. Mm. But, in that, but yeah, he consciously doesn't do it. I remember listening to David Schwartz and... Um, <laughs> that story. The story he told on the front bar. <laughs> Have you seen that one? I'd, well, do, do, you reckon, do you reckon? Do you reckon? Do you reckon you came back a bit early? And he goes, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, yes." We we had a sports psychologist when I was swimming, and he'd worked with Schwarter, and and a big part of it was trying to teach him to not go for the extravagant play and all that sort of stuff because doesn't work because you you are you're too big of a guy and you're putting too much force through your knee. You have to now start playing in a different way, and and it sounds whether Charlie's deliberately doing it or he's just fallen ass backwards in the right way to manage his body. I think he's conscious of it. Well, I think because the amount of times I see it, and we talked about the other week when Jack Martin would sort of, you know, cut hard left and and right. It might have been the Gold Coast game. He did it a couple of times. It was just like, oh, God, don't do that. It just – you look like you're asking for your knee to yeah, collapse Jack, underneath you. Jack Martin does the big plant. Really like, big. Are you actively trying to tear your ACL? Mm. Well, you always hear the, the running back, he always talks about, you know, really planting his foot in the ground. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're going, you do that often enough. And yeah, I'm pretty sure one day it's going to In that position, pop. you don't do it. Your output – yeah. Is hindered. You know that they rely on they that. They rely on, and you've got to have confidence yeah. in it and all that sort of those stuff. gaps are tiny. Well, this is it. It and is true. Uh, it is true what they say. Misery loves company. When we lose, we just talk football, and we have misery guts. And when we win, we don't want to talk about football. <laughs> um, but the, I've got the point here too that the next part for me, the second part of getting that start right, uh, Tim, was we spoke about this several weeks ago. Recognizing when you are better than your opponent and being ruthless, ruthless. with them and absolutely ragdolling them again. Massive tick. The game was over in ten minutes. It was yeah. over. Yeah. And and we've never been that team. I, I think it, I think it's something that we've always battled to be. Whereas the great Geelong sides would annihilate teams. And, and the classic They'd break them. The classic day where um, Dean Bailey lost his job, um, and and they beat him by nearly thirty goals down at one eighty six or something. I think it was one eighty six. And uh, and you just sort of thought, wow, that's, that's that's as ruthless as it gets, and and, and it was like, yeah, we're we're not we're just not going to let up. You know, but you know what it does? And this is what we lamented with that Hawthorne game out in the West in COVID. Yeah, where we got off to the great start, and you went fucking finally, good riddance to bad news. You went, you're done, mm. and you thought, if we keep going, if we beat them, we've got them for years. Yeah, and if we yeah. can beat them and put a score on them, 
that would have that Geelong game would have broken Melbourne for years Absolutely. when they played Geelong. Absolutely, and and it, it, I couldn't help but think, and they kind of touched on it um, in the telecast. Kerno's goal, where he kicks it sort of underneath, and it just keeps going and goes through for a goal. This is a guy that was coming off nine the last time they'd played them, and you know our our selections it could have. But could have really galvanised that team and said, "Yeah, let's get, let's stick it up these arrogant pricks." But perhaps in one, what was essentially a skill error or a mis-execution, they've gone. If he can stuff up and still score, we're, we're stuffed. We're stuffed. And and it and it almost feels like there was obviously effort and there was pressure and all that sort of stuff that went with it. And we we were we were savage in the way that we went about it. And it wouldn't have been the only reason, but I think it, it had to have played a role, in my opinion. For me, it's the messaging, too, of these guys don't want to be here. Yeah. Yep. They're going through the motions. They've got yep. five, mm. whatever it is, four more games. So they're going through the motions. They're counting down. They've planned their they've planned their trip away, their footy trip. Yep. Going, they're done. Cues yep. in the rack. Yep. And if you yep. kill them early, they're dead. They're not coming back. And you looked at that, and we've seen so many like versions of Carlton that had have done that. And, you know, we're... 50% or more of the side have done put the queue in the rack. Yeah. And I saw, like, looking at that, there was, like, a handful of West Coast players, and predominantly young ones, who were, like, trying, and the rest were, like, no, nah. self-preservation. Yeah. So, self-preservation. for me, that whole taking care of business, you know, elite mindset, elite appetite, it's something that we didn't have to finish 2022. It's something we didn't have to start 2023. We've discovered it now, again, against some charitable-ish opponents and we've taken care of business in, in wiping the floor with them, but it's a mindset they need to hold on to and it's something they need to continually put into effect and they've kind of stumbled across the secret herbs and spices. Don't 11. lose the recipe. And it gets tested Friday, obviously. 100% it so, um, and but, but if it is replicable, um, and we don't have to beat Collingwood, but if we can be right with them and, and know that this, you know, Approach stands up under the like it's Friday night football. A couple, when was it? It was about five goals when we last played, but it felt a lot worse. Oh, we were the same thing. They killed nowhere, us off very, very early, but we were, we were not playing good football um, then. Regarding Saturday, I don't want to necessarily single guys out, but there were a couple of real standout performers to start the game for me, and you're welcome to add your own. I thought there were three in particular. I thought Walsh goes without saying. I thought Jesse Motlop's intensity was absolutely mm. first rate. That's why it's just so disappointing because he, he's kind of gone, I'm going to back up I'm going to back up last week's performance. And unfortunately... But a penny looks to have dropped. And I'm going to go for and the for trifecta. And for a second-year footballer, that's a good thing. I'm yep. going to go for the trifecta of guys who really put the foot to the floor and ended up with their feet up on the bench. Uh, Jack Silvani. Jack Silvani, yeah. Started the game off. He was really good again. Mm-hmm. Um, so their intensity application fab was peaking from the first siren. And really... You need, ideally you have 18 blokes at any one time doing it, but you need, fucking look at William Walshy, fuck. He's Mott's yeah, he's killing on. it. Oh, he's geez, Jack, that's awesome. Yep. Bringing the energy and bringing your teammates along with you. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And it was always going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, those, those players who aren't necessarily starting 18, you know, first players selected, I've turned it off so we don't get distracted. Okay, put it on um, the golf. We're certainly not getting distracted by that. No, no, I'm looking this way. I'm, when I, I just no, I'm, I mean we're genuinely not getting distracted by the fucking golf. Yeah, um, and to see that that kind of second string outfit 
all kind of, you know, intently come to play. Like, this is an opportunity. I've got to, you know, put my best foot forward. Like, even, even you know, Josh Honey, who I've been cri- super critical of. Very. Um, you know, he's... he's Attack on the football at times was, especially early, was, was really good. His finish, his snap was the left footer, beautiful. Yeah. And and I think you're right. The um the fact that um, like when we recruited George Hewitt, he stepped into footy and was immense for us. Yeah. Um, through his own body and all that sort of stuff, not failing him, but but not being mm. at his best. In a week where he took a very very central role in navigating contest and all that sort of stuff. He was really good. Yep. And then, obviously, Sean's mate, Paddy Dow, got an opportunity to be able to play his way and what he's been doing. He so looked a very... class above, didn't he, Georgie? What? Yeah. He, well, he's a good footballer. Mm. He's a very good footballer. And talk about all these people. Yeah. And, and just, you know, depth. Carlton hasn't had depth in 20 years, realistically. We, we've had good sides that have done well, mm. but it's your um, compliment, what you've got, is all you have, and and we've never been able to absorb no. injuries and still be able to do what we've been able to do. And 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 if God forbid we're actually tinkering around with it and resting guys at the right time, which we argued all of last year, we should have done a whole lot more and given down more of a more of a gig, but we were afraid to do it. Um, they might have worked it out. Yeah, I love most my biggest takeaway from the game, and it's such a shame that he'll miss a couple at least. Um, we haven't used this one for a while. Walsh was back to that St. Elmo. He was back to the, the paint. What? The man. No, I don't have that anymore. Yeah, oh. I got rid of it. I might put say I might put um, I do like St. Elmo's fire. I might put St. Elmo Man in Motion on there yep. instead. Yeah. He he was back. we haven't used that one for a while, but he was back to the, the patron saint of mo- mo- no, motion and movement. He was unbelievable. And that, he, and that was the pure, dumb thing. He's pirouette out of one of the yeah. center bounce clear yeah. uh, stoppages. He What the fuck? He, Sammy. And yeah. a, no pun intended, he ran the game. He did. And the game was happening at the pace he wanted to play it at, and it was up to his teammates and the Eagles to deal with it, if it, they could. It would have if been 100 point plus had, had, he, had he remained Chad, on the ground. If he had played the game out, we would have won by 20 goals. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Notwithstanding, even taking into account Silvani Motlog, yeah. if Sam Walsh plays the four quarters out, he we win by 20 goals. He was the conductor. He, he was just. I've got that. He's the conductor. And, and the best thing. The best thing is, you know, prior to last season, he did a syndesmosis. That has impacted a lot of footballers he's in the last few years. Tim, he's not durable. Yeah. And then he's and then he's obviously had um, back surgery pre-season. You do worry that these are the sort of things, a little bit like Matthew Cruiser, if you have too many injuries, maybe you don't get to see the best version of this player for the balance of their career. Well, what he showed yesterday, albeit against a very, very average West Coast, but when it was all done through work rate, um, you've gone, you've absorbed two pretty serious injuries and you've come out the other side, you're going to be fine. you would be totally fine. Speaking of which, on injuries, the next heading I've got is at what cost? Yeah. So we get the four points, we keep on keeping on, but, geez, the injuries out of the game are just carnage. Um, adding to potentially what the other injuries are and how serious a Chera or Cripps or whoever, Jack Martin, how serious those guys might be. Soss been in terrific form, down, maybe done for the year. They, there was a comment made today on Facebook by blokes you don't follow that said the word coming out with Silvani is it might be 8 to 12. Yeah, so that's no good. Um, Walsh obviously back to his bet. So what, what, what's, it, what's typically 
if it's a medial or a PCL. Well, they're saying a jarred, jarred knee. Yeah. Well, a medial. But um, Walsh back to his best, just phenomenal. We're going to be without him for a couple, whatever it is. Motlop had been playing really well the last couple of weeks. Like we said, the penny looks to have dropped. Hopefully Cripps was just rested and they were being respectful in the omissions. Chera the same. Martin maybe the same. Harry's out for at least four. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's hard, Tim, to not think that these are coming at precisely the wrong time. Obviously. And what's more, it actually goes to show how much of the season we wasted by faltering so badly when we had all these guys. 100%. Mm. And, and, and that that will be the postscript on the story. And it's it's the hardest thing at the moment emotionally is is to invest in the balance of the season knowing we're going to get so close and we're going to play so very, very well, but are we going to have anything to show for it? We just Are we going to have close enough to a full complement to be actually able to do ourselves justice? And, and I, think, I think within that the question is how much of our best complement do we need to go deep into the season? Like, can we carry a couple or do we have to be absolutely humming 100% to even consider it? Because well, I, I still think if you're bottom four in the eight and you look at some of the teams around and the teams that they're te- – the football that they're playing, I, I refuse to believe that our best version of ourselves is not miles better than Western Bulldogs. Yeah, but that counts on Harry being there, Walsh being there. Look, it does. And, and look, yeah. the Walsh, I'm, I'm always a bit – Cup half full and mean a lot, mm. but um, but sometimes to my detriment, what I feel is he'll have felt for it. He was running really hard, and I reckon they've gone, mate. If you're feeling it, come off. Like we've already mm. got this team beat. We've rested other blokes already. You just come straight off, and maybe it's not that bad. I cannot for the life of me see Walsh playing against Collingwood. I, I think no. that's I think that's done. Mm. And, and I, and I actually he played against Collingwood. Played this year. Played I would have played this year, but okay. not not round twenty three last year. Uh, it would be dumb to play him, even if you thought he was okay, because we could play a perfect game of football against Collingwood and still not be enough. So, with the balance of what we've got in behind it, get him right, mm. play him. The million dollar question probably comes back more to Chera and what was it that left him out? If Cripps is just sore, he'll work through that because that's what Cripps does. Oh, I'd be surprised if Chera and Cripps didn't play. Yep. So, look, ultimately we've had the chat with Adrian on the beach. We've gone ice skating with Gordon Bombay. We've started to get guys back and now we're losing them. And it's it's just going, fuck off. Yeah, correct. It's so frustrating. Correct. So, hmm. Walsh particularly, we've spoken a bit about him. Unbelievable in the first half. I have got... I'm a scared man. Some stats. <laughs> so, 14 touches a goal and three goal assists, four clearances in what? 40% game time? Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. Just phenomenal. Yep. He was taking the piss Correct. yesterday. Absolutely taking the piss. So I stand by the tweet we, I sent before the other day uh, yesterday. Without a doubt. Um, and I think the point I got to make on that just before we move on is I didn't say he's the best player in the competition. You go, well, I'll take – you take Bond at his best, Dacos at his best, Neil at his best, Oliver, whoever you want to name – and they could all do particular things better than Sam Walsh. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. He can do particular things they can't do at all. It's the, it's, this is the debate I have with Joe daily. Because oh, would you prefer Bont or Cripps? I said, inside, Bont isn't half the player Cripps is. I said, but on the outside, Cripps isn't what Bont is. They're oh. two mm. totally different players. And I'd have them both. Well, <laughs> as you say, if you, had to, if you had to pick second, 
would you care? No, you wouldn't care. And and obviously, I said I would pick Crips and you would pick Bont because you're a Bulldogs fan. You're a and you, you love them. Bont's finish in front of goal on his left foot, and when he's able to take advantage of key moments, is the bit that I love. I was the most very about impressed him. with him. On Friday, well, it was Eston too. Sons so that was a special. Nah, he, like, he, can, you, can you hear that? Can you can you hear that? Can you hear that? Ah, oh, something's coming. Oh, can you feel that? Yeah, yeah. Dave's dancing. What a shoe. Great music. Just makes you smile, doesn't it? Absolutely. Even if you hate yourself a little bit. This is one of those songs that you want to listen to it just loud enough so you can enjoy it, but not so loud that anyone else knows <laughs> you're listening it's, it's to it. It's the one where you're pumping it in the car, and then you get to a red light, and you, go, you put yeah. it down yeah. right down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do we play that, Tim? Because the blues are back, baby. Um, did that meet your criteria, Faber Ganoush? <laughs> That's a brilliant track. That's a great track. I think Kath saw the Wenger boys at the hotel, hopping, shopping town, the shopping town hotel, the shopping town hotel. I don't think it was shopping town hotel, but I do think uh, Kath saw them earlier this year. The shopping town hotel actually lures some reasonable size guests. Well, I tell you what, when they have another good one, let's go. No, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant Kath saw them like back in the day. No, because earlier Axe, this year, Axe used to do the whole. Who, no, they like would have toured with someone. They, they would have toured with someone. Yeah. They would, it would have been the Wenger boys and. Jason Donovan. Did any like any any <laughs> big artist ever go to like Doncaster back in the day? You're going to tell you Jennifer good. Love Hewitt. No, 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 no. She was at High Point. Not when they were good. Can you just imagine that Jennifer Love Hewitt, mid nineties, peak late nineties, peak Jennifer Love Hewitt at High Point, just thinking, what the fuck? Where, where am the fuck I am I? This is Maribyrnong. What is going on? Correct. What a day. You're there. Move. Bloody oath, I was there. Did you get a photo? More than a photo. Well, we got a feel. Oh no, <laughs> so soft. He actually did five to ten. <laughs> we didn't see him there. Can you, do you do you have a photo? Yes. Wow. Why have we not seen this? It's. I don't even know if I've digitised it or if you call that. You need to, and we need to post it. If you're going to put weg posters up, put Jennifer Love Hewitt up. Please. Can Can you the listeners here? She was the one where legitimately, obviously, obsessed. She the hall pass. Hall pass. The leaf pass. Yeah. What have you got? He would ask permission. He doesn't need permission. Um, she was had any even a passing interest in locking eyes with him. Kelly would join. Um, well, there you go. She, you know, you she got that thing would, where yeah. you go, oh, like you've got this. You know, she's all over the walls and whatever, and you know, she's held in very high regard. And you see him in person, better. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, good stuff. So you. you have this photo. You need to. I'm gonna to the listeners out there. You should put it on. I've the, got. I've got obviously the to the listeners. If you want to see the photo of Fabaganash and Jennifer Love Hewitt at High Point in 1998. No, no. 2000 and something. Jesus. 2000 and something. 2002. It was the year after. It was September 11, the year after the attack. 2002, yeah. Yeah. We all know, yeah, September. There's only one September 11. You're not seeking clarification there. Actually, I'm talking about September 11, 1997. No. Yeah. So do you have this photo? Oh, I, I've got the hard copies. To yeah. the listeners, if you want to see this photo like we all yeah, do. I've got to go like to my parents' house and go through the. It'll be a good opportunity for you to yeah. catch up with them. Go and get this photo, and I think we want to see it online. So if you want to see this photo, hit us up, tell us, 
and you know we'll make it happen just by by sheer peer pressure. Um, <laughs> just sheer peer pressure. Last heading, a great opportunity and using our weapons. Yesterday's a bad example to make this point, but we have wasted Charlie for too long. We have wasted him. He is the most dynamic player in the game. Well, it's funny. I have mates that like their footy that aren't Carlton supporters. And to a man yesterday, they all just said, he is just such a weapon. He should be kicking, not should be, that sounds unfair. He, he should be kicking what amounts to a goal a quarter. If we deliver the ball yeah. somehow to his advantage, <laughs> buff, somehow to his advantage, somehow deploy him, Jesus, in... I like it. I don't want to see Kelly's artwork. I want to see you and Jennifer Love. I'm, I'm trying to see if I had scanned it. Did you? Did you? Were you allowed to touch her arm around? Yep. Really? And got her mum's autograph too. Because I, I was Pat. Oh, Pat brought it. Yeah. Did you know that her name was Pat? He's, he's just, mentioned this before. Oh, right, okay. He's told this story many times. But Charlie's the sort of guy who maybe he kicks a two one week, a six, a three, a five. You know, on he should be kicking that 80, 90 goals a year if. We gave him the service that allowed him to. I don't disagree with you. It's it's when when you see him at his in his pomp uh, and the skill that, like it's a little bit Jeremy Cameron like, but Jeremy Cameron's a bit different. Like Jer- Jeremy Cameron's a bit more ballistic. Jeremy Cameron's and, a more and, natural and, and, footballer, and he's the endurance up the field and back and and give him half an opportunity. Yeah, Cameron's more natural real player, yeah. and Curdo's the more enigmatic, mercurial. Yeah, yes. yeah. You stick it up. He'll he will get the ball where other people can't. Someone else who undefendable uh, using our weapons and unfortunately injured. Um, any update from your Bolognese source on the sauce situation? Because he's making him look like a right fool. Uh, no, he, he he's making the club look silly for holding out on him, and he's making the club look silly for lowballing him. I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah, and, and as you said, there's a number, there's a number to sign him up for, and um, and we've got to be prepared to offer it. It's, we will be worse off without him. They know, they know what the number is too. They yeah. know anything below a certain number is disrespectful to the point where you don't go and try and counter or negotiate. You just, you just say no. So. It's it's he's yeah he's he's making them look dumb. Yeah. Um, and come, very opportunity. Come back when you read to discuss. Yeah, we gave a few boys, uh, a couple of fringe boys, an opportunity yesterday, Tim. In the absence yep. of some of our more top line A grade type players, how yep. do we think they went? Young um, Theo Vaughn shaved off the mullet. He did. That's uh, Lockie Cowan. Lockie Cowan. <laughs> I could tell in Tim's eyes he's he had like, no eye tissue. Fuck is Theo? Well, Vaughn? I was, was going to say I'm sure Ollie <laughs> Holland still had all his hair. He's probably thinking. <laughs> Did I meet Theo Vaughn at that lunch? <laughs> is he mates with Brent Gleeson? Um, look, he had some imagine, nice moments. Imagine yeah. he is. He might be. He's yeah. a weird cat, Theo Vaughn. Very strange. Sometimes extremely funny, and other times he could tell basically the same joke, and you're like, that's too much. Um, I thought he was, you know, he's, he's just a young guy. I thought he had a couple of nice moments. Yep, yep. Nothing too extraordinary, but he, he, he'll he be out of the team, obviously, for the run-in. But get a good preseason into him. I, he would have kept his spot had Ching Cotter been concussed. Been concussed, yep. but obviously with Alex coming back on, I passing the did HIA. My, did I hear something peculiar with regards to Ching Cotter? Did Samo Seaton? Yes, 
done him twice. I was going to say. He's been reported twice. For a sling tackle on Chincotta. On Chincotta this year. Because he just doesn't like him. Well, clearly not. Would they have played, they would have played twos together. Oh, was he, was Chincotta with us in 2021? No. This is his first year. No, he was playing in the twos. No, he was playing twos before. Very possibly. Maybe there's some bad blood. Mm, Maybe. Complete speculation. Ed Kerno. Serviceable. Yeah. Nothing more than that. Yeah. I've spoiled on pod before. We played Richmond 2012, maybe. And it might have been the legendary, you know, Brock McLean over the fingertips of Levi. Remember and we exactly won the where game. I was standing, yes. And anyway, um, I don't know if it was that game. But Brock McLean had had not a bad game. And we'd had a bit of a, a rousing sort of, geez, we need to dig in here, boys, and have a win tonight. And we'd got the win. And Brock McLean got the ball out in out in space, sort of on the wing. And the clock was ticking down, and you know, so the crowd has that mo- moment of realization: we're going to win the game. Fantastic! We're a couple of kicks up. It's the thirty-one minute mark, whatever. And some guy in the crowd behind us just goes, "Brock McLean." He goes, "You have been," and then he kind of had a speech of, "How far do I want to go with this?" And he went, "Very, very serviceable tonight." <laughs> he started off right up here, and, gone and then just, and then just went. <laughs> Mm, in real time, just went, I'm just going to downgrade him a little bit. And you sort of went, you're probably giving him unders. He's yes. probably been a little bit better than that. But where you were going to go. But where you were at was way too high. Yeah. So you've corrected, but it was. I, I still remember that. It makes me laugh. Um, what do we give up for Rock McLean? First pick, round 12, pick. Uh, pick 11, which they used on Jordan, Jordan Gisbets, yeah. who had an extraordinary number of touches in his first game and was sort of okay-ish, and then not much else. He, he as a 15-, 16-year-old, Gisbert's was going to be electrifying. Well, we just, ended up trading ne- Fev and we got 12 anyway. Yeah, and they, they just never de- – it never developed. Uh, Paddy Doe, now, <laughs> people will remember or lament the two bad kicks. Yes. And that is unfair because he was all right. The, the, when, the he hit Charlie, thing, when he hit Charlie on the lead. Yeah. The lace-out pass. Yeah. The, fun, the funniest thing was, I, if you had have said to me he's going to have 21 possessions and he is either going to have... Six or seven clearances. Yeah, if he's going to have 15 kicks and six handballs or six kicks and 15 handballs, what would it be? I was absolutely certain he would have been more handball-friendly or handball-happy. So the fact that it was on the, the, the percentages that it was surprised me. He is... Handball first instinct player clearly that, by direction. Correct. And well, that too. Th- yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because he does a couple of nice little releases. He did a couple of nice little pickups, and but by no means spectacular, but he was all right. He did okay. He played his role. A good opportunity. I was pleased that they gave him the chance to consolidate last week's sort of underwhelming performance against a not a great team. Yeah. And, and, and having not been there, what was the Reaction to the goal. Yeah, people liked it. Good. I think I, I'm not convinced he wasn't trying to pass it to Charlie. It had just skidded on <laughs> past him. But yeah. at the same time, Dow is he might be half a mind to think this looks good on the stat sheet. Yeah. No, I, his goal. His goal if, was if I can get a goal. It looked like a goal. Shut enough. No, like he, he was going for it. We'll see. Charlie was leading back on his own, so there was a bit of is he trying to pitch it just so you can run onto it? If you try to pitch it, Charlie was a horrible kick. Maybe, no, no. maybe you're leaving it. He's he's gone for it. The the, the camera angles kind of look like he, he hasn't lowered the eyes. He's always had the, the goals in sight. Mm. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not criticising him for it. I'm saying I was at the game. I was just going, <laughs> did he put it there and thinks, if it skids through, beauty. Bonus. Paddy Doe. And 
Charlie can maybe gather it if he wants to. And uh, but no, look, I thought he was. Why okay. we not play a Paddy Dole more often, Sean? I wish I knew the answer, Tony. <laughs> um, like I said, okay, I'm not sure how it'll go for him. I would love for them to you know give him the opportunity to take a decent performance and back it up. Strong opposition. What can you do with that? We'll wait and see. Lockie John Fogarty. Terrific. No, I wouldn't say terrific. Oh, the effort was still there. The effort was good. Mm. Um, and very tough on him, having said that don't hang Paddy Doe because of one mistake or one bad moment. Not giving the hands over the top. Yeah. Mm. I just think his last five you either, weeks. You either give the hands. Or kick the goal. Or kick the goal. Not, not yeah. giving There's the no hands. There's no in between. And, and he would have known immediately, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Not given the hands over the top, given the context of the game and how the game was playing out, and given David Cunningham had spectacularly. Didn't do much, Cunners, on the weekend. He was good. No, mate, he was, he was fucking good. Class. I'm gonna, we're going to no, talk he, about he had him. Classy moments. We're going to talk about him soon. But let Charlie's one skid on because he thinks, oh, I don't need the goal. There was a moment of, I don't need the glory, I don't need the moment. And you thought, Lockie, yeah, I can't remember who was running into goal, but you thought, nah, mate, you've got to give the hands, you've got to make a certainty of it, you've got to be first on the scene for the big high five in the goal square. Um, Cotters did it later on for Hewitt. He did. First instinct, just went straight over the top, made a certainty of it, looks good on the replay, looks good in the review. He was okay. He was I, he was all right. Yep. Um, I think he would have been hoping for a more, or like a better game against a team like that to maybe fill his boots, but didn't quite happen. Ollie Hollands, geez, our fan base love this kid, well, the, and they've got to it, pump the brakes. Yeah, possibly, possibly. They're, like As I, I'm, I specifically pointed out on our SMS chain when he broke clear of the, um, the clearance on the wing-ish, I guess it was, and then he hit um, Kerno on the lead, and I thought it was beautiful because my – my only my major criticism of Hollands in general was I hadn't seen him kick the ball brilliantly. I, no. I had I like we know what you get with him. You know, mm. massive e- engine. engine. He works hard. He understands the game. I think he's really really coachable. He knows what to do strategically. He's probably a really good football brain, but very uncontested brand of football. Mainly. Which is why Tim. He's got to stop taking yeah. tackles on. No, no, absolutely. Sean hit the nail on the head. He but, but there was times where you, we're out. But his best moment was when he did break the tackle and get can, out. Can, so I, can I say something? He's a kid, so I'm not going to go no, too harsh. But if you notice... first year. Yep. And we, we, we touched on this last week and probably even the week before, that our stoppage work has improved significantly and the exit out of stoppage forward mm. and that forward momentum... Ollie Hollands is always an out of the back. Every time he gets it, he's backwards, it's backwards, it's backwards, it's backwards. Well, it's because so. he doesn't have the body at the moment mm, to, to go, go forwards. forwards. And that'll come. You know, we spoke about Walsh in the past. When he gets a bit of size, he could ride the tackles. Saying, but he, st- he stifles us No, a he does, bit. but he can take the impact. But the thing yeah. that Walsh did brilliantly, we, we had the exchange on Twitter today, was Walsh knew when to release. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to take contact. That's fine. Mm. I need a release. I, I need to keep I, the I've ball going. I've not got out. And and the really really smart, classy ones, you know, Pendlebury would be the 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 champion of it. Is okay. I'm not getting out. Now is when I give the hands. I release. I do whatever mm. it is that I need to do, rather than just I'm going to keep on barging and hoping. Mm. You know, is not a ploy. So you just you got to be smart enough. But again, he doesn't have like if you're going to be running 16 kilometers a game. 
you know, as an 18 year old kid, you don't have 19 year old kid, you don't have the body to be able to break a tackle. No. Like you just don't. So old and, mate, and you can't have both attributes. No, no, exactly right. And and he will bolt it on later on, and mm. you know it, it'll come. He, he might take a little bit longer than what while she took, um, but it'll be it's fine. Got plenty yeah. to work with. Yeah, old mate Manuka Honey. Was again, he was okay. okay. He wasn't spectacular. Yeah, also, he was all right. There was moments where okay, he showed a couple of times where he's had a bit of an appetite for the contest. Yeah, I liked seeing that. His his execution a few times was really nice to see. So he's a good kick. He just doesn't win enough of the ball. You're correct. Or yeah. he can't engineer enough. Is Jack Carroll injured? Sorry, I know we're talking about uh, Honey. I don't know, but he can't. The problem with Honey is when he gets the ball, I see a player. Yeah, I think he uses the ball well. He's got a bit of smarts with ball in hand, but for whatever reason, he just can't engineer enough opportunities to get the ball. That's always yeah. been my fear with Jordan Boyd: is he gets it, he uses it, but does he get it enough? And, and, and maybe enough. playing behind the ball, which he's, he's was doing, has helped Boydie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where mm. you've got a task, and then should you have that opportunity once you've got it, it's not a fuck Lewis Young, Lewis Young style. Where you go, oh, no, where's this going? What's going on? You know where this is going. Lewis Young, uh, he's had a bit of a fall from grace. Yeah. Um, He's played some okay footy this year as well. He's had some some down performances too. But people can deny the intel you gave us all, Fubba Ganoush, but it's looking truer by the week. Mm. He is a guy that we're tossing around a little bit. And and again, he's a great intercept mark. And outside of that... I think he's limited in what he can do as a footballer. This is a handball receive. The minute Lewis Young takes a second, Lewis Young takes a mark. That's where Saad, Adam Saad's going to be yeah, on the I'm ball. If I'm Boyd, if I'm Doherty, if mm. I'm whoever, he's I'm no different. wrapping around. When people go, oh, uh, what's his name? Old Ginger. Cottrell. No, he used to play for us. COVID. Sorry, I've just drawn a blank. Plays for the Bulldogs. Liam Jones. Oh, yeah. Ginger. The, then they're not really that different, are they? Both great intercept marks, and then Liam uh, Jones has more runs on the board than what Lewis Young has. Absolutely. L- last year it looked like we had not missed Lewis Young. Sorry, we hadn't missed Liam Jones one iota when Lewis Young was at his best. Mm. Lewis Young was great when everybody else was down. Mm. But you notice once we had players start to return, was, was he? I he he regressed very on, quickly. I think he thrives on responsibility. It's what we've long said. He just seemed to step up when it was asked of him. He was able to Or is it. it, like we say, every time Lewis Young takes a mark, Adam Sard's going to be, just be there for the – Maybe when everyone else was out, it was like, guys, Lewis is on his own. Let's get around and support him because he can't do it all by himself. He was getting So huge. we were conscious, conscious, consciously there to support him. Stats-wise, his one percenters last year were off the charts – like and, and as good as what Harris Andrews was doing, and you're going, if we've traded a fourth rounder and gotten, you know, maybe not. He's better than Harris Andrews. Just say it, Tim. No, of course he's not. <laughs> no, I'm going to say we, we've got Harris Andrews light. And, Diet and Har- Harris Andrews. Yeah, and, and, and Harris Andrews Harris was Andrews, probably no on one leg mm. last year, and he's playing better footy this year possibly than he ever has. But I, I thought we had a player that was potentially that good. And he has regressed. Yep. It's interesting. It's interesting to kind of know why that is, what can we do about it, yep. how creative can we get to arrest it, is it a confidence thing, is it a continuity thing, is it is a it cohesion the fact thing? It, this has happened behind the scenes. It's got out. 
Look, if the, if the public knows, the players know that the public knows, then you, obviously you get dropped. Is it all rolled into one? Maybe. Look, but again, if it's the fact that Kemp has taken a step up and McGovern is playing you know, footy with some continuity and Wittering is the best... What is it One of with, the best three key defenders in the competition. What is it with good kicks? Like Gov's a good kick. Gov's the best kick at the club. It wasn't yesterday. Um, Jack Martin is a great field kick. You know, and then set shots. They all turn to shit. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Weird. Uh, chicken salad time. This is obviously bring your own chicken salads. Byo. Charlie, just fantastic. Clearly, chicken salad. Ten goals, three at twenty touches. Took eight marks. Play him deep. Have him panic opponents. Have him get cheap, easy free kicks from 20 metres out. Yep. I never like praising umpires, but it would have been easy for the umpires to go, oh, it's kind of give West Coast a bit of slack. Mm. But especially early on, they paid everything that was there because West Coast were, at times, holding on for dear life. Yeah, they were. And the umpires... It was first date in the cinema, wasn't it? They got mm. very handsy when the lights went down. Uh, yeah. Just keep them to yourself. Um Georgie Hewitt, I think he needed a game like this to get his game back. Confidence. Where's the scat man? Where's the scat man? I'm the scat man. 31 touches, 10 clearances and a goal. Very good game. Very, very, very good game. I've got a new, uh, I've got a new sound bite for you, Fab. Who do you reckon this sound bite belongs to? It's like wiping your ass with silk. I love it. You didn't know it. I'm assuming I know. Yeah. Who's the Merovingian? No, it's the quote. It's like wiping your ass with silk. Chicken salad. I've, I've drawn a blank. Are I'm you, very, are I'm you very having tired. a stroke? No, I'm not having a stroke. David Cunningham. Oh. Mm. David Cunningham. Sorry. Fine. Why? What is the reason? <laughs> he is... He's the best character in the whole movie. He is just pure quality. He is... Like, he had 14 touches. He kicked a really classy goal from the set shot. I love the blocks. I love the bumpers. I love the quick gives. I love – he is – You've got a raging heart on for Dave Because this guy, this guy is the anti-modern footballer. He yeah. does not give a fucking squirt of piss about his super coach points. He does not give a shit about getting the double-up handball to – you know, get an extra couple points on an average. Eh? He does not care that he's in your super coach team. He does not. He is the anti Dane Swan. Yeah. He, mm. he goes. He had. 14, he doesn't stat pad. He had fourteen touches yesterday. Laid about a thousand fucking shepherds. Ran through packs and did little bumpers. Picked the ball off the deck cleanly and gave hands to a teammate in better position. Could have picked the ball up and kicked a goal, but I don't need that. Just let it roll through. You know, he is like. It's, I just love watching him because he almost plays in an antiquated, old-fashioned way. Just does all the basics right, yep. minimum of fuss, takes his opportunities when he gets them. And he does, but because he's got such silky skills and, and modern football is about you know hitting targets and maintaining possessions and being highly efficient and all that sort of stuff, he's, he's got all of that as well. So it's sort of like he, he almost sits across both um, not genres, but both um, bugger eras. Yeah, eras and styles. Like wiping your ass with silk. I love it. I fucking I sat there yesterday. And just every time he do just a little, you just went, "That's a fucking footballer." And every time he did it, I just thought of you. Yep. Good. Mm, no, and everyone good. else will now. Yep. You thought I went hard on Lockie O'Brien and Paddy Doe. 
This just, is your just land. You, just you wait. No, I just love it. I love watching him play because of all the reasons I just, I just said. Um, Chincotta, Saad and McGovern, a very unorthodox half-back line, but growing ineffectiveness. Chincotta especially. He's just he's hard at it. Oh, he's, there's something. I, we all love a rags-to-riches story or whatever you want to call it, you know, from adversity. You know, there's just something about him that I think he's got, he's got just enough to maybe get there. And and be quite good. He is a player for the now. Yep. And he's holding a Cowan out. And even yeah. Zach Williams, not exactly the same, obviously, but he's a player for the now taking the opportunity afforded to him while we wait for someone to come back and while we wait for someone to get ready. Yep, 100%. Uh, does anyone else have a chicken salad they would like to share? Yes, Tim. I like Tom DeConning's going. Yes, he's, I think, again, he was in my wait and sees. Yeah, yeah he was... Um, as in, I'll wait if someone else yeah, correct, brings correct. him up. Yes, you can't take them all. His, his effort was unquestionable. He was, he was, he, I don't want to go early, but he's my nomination. He'll be my nomination for SI. Um, I thought he, he. Would have thought SI was a given, but. Yes. Busted. Well, I can't, Tim. You would think that. Yes. We are in the company of a madman. <laughs> I thought he busted a nut all day. He was good. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that he floats forward and he takes marks and he just he, he's giving us he's giving us more and more and more each time and and yep. I really enjoy that. It's good to see. And and look, yeah, we've long talked about if there is indeed an eight year deal on offer from Sydney, I just can't see how Tom DeConning is playing at the Carlton Football Club next year because I I don't know. We'll take the number one. We'll take the first round pick. Well, it has to be if you're going to offer somebody an eight year deal. Do you roll that into Brody Grundy? Yep. Potentially, yes. 100% we do. And hopefully get a three teams, see how many teams can be paying Brody Grundy. <laughs> <laughs> we end up paying 300 grand a year. Um, any more chicken salads? Not really. No? It was one of those, you hate to say it, it was, it was kind of boring. No, it was fucking amazing, mate. That first half. Unfortunately. That first quarter was. Because they killed it off. That, no, that yeah. first half was fantastic. Mm. And then um, the shame of it is. We weren't able to keep doing that. You know, we were just weren't able to do it. Oh, it's another nineties painter. What a tune. Couldn't name a single other eagle eye cherry track. What a tune. You a fan of this one, Tim? Yeah, great song. Charted very high in 1998 during the World Cup. It was a huge hit. Yep. The brother of Nina Cherry. Is that a fact? Buffalo Stance. Who, her song with Nusundo. Yes, that's right. uh, Seven Seven Seconds. seconds. Great track. Great song. Bloke's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't look like he's dead. Is he going to get up? Who is that? Doesn't look well. Um... What was I going to say about the uh, Eagle Eye Cherry Save Tonight? Uh, Funny film clip too. Couldn't. Yeah, in black and really, white. Yeah, I know it's in black and white. I can't remember what happens. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, fun! if anyone wants to have a bit of fun, I think it's on YouTube. You know when we had the big Weezer, the big Weezer argument mm-hmm. last year? Um, I saw it. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about this. And I'd uh, – it just popped up on YouTube. You know, I don't know how. I don't know how it, just, how it was sitting there. I've – 
there's a very funny sketch where Matt Damon's in it and he um, goes to a dinner party and they're talking about different things and somehow it comes up that like he's a really big Weezer fan <laughs> and someone else at the table, Leslie Jones, is also a Weezer fan and they end up having quite a funny – it's it's actually a brilliant sketch because it's just so abstract and strange. Could be anything. Yeah. That how did you come up with this? This is a sketch about two fans of Weezer. Like one of them loves the band and one of them like seemingly hates the band. Oh, right. And this, someone in the comments goes, this is the realest piece of comedy ever done. Nobody hates Weezer more than their fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just a funny, I, th- I thought, you know, that kind of era, late, mid-late 90s, you know, bit of 90s nostalgia. Get yourself, Matt Damon, Weezer, Saturday Night Live. Take a look. Take a look. It's a bit of laugh. It's quite well written and probably has no place on a network television show spending millions of dollars a week, but it somehow made it on the air and it's somehow excellent. Um, chicken shits. Injuries. I was going to say, there's yes. only one place to start. Yes. Big one, and we've sort of gone over them. Real shame for the players involved and the team, but we're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and the other one I got was just the second half, and, and that's a flow, and it's, this isn't a knock on the playing group because we just ran out of fit bodies, Yeah, which meant that we actually couldn't our play rota- the way we were. Yeah, our rotations were – there was at a time where we had no rotations. Yeah, yeah. Young. Well, so when Young came off on the blood rule, yeah, it yeah. was like if, if somebody else was in the HIA off, at yeah, that, that no point. One, so. And then he did come back on, which was at least a positive. So Anyone else surprised they've run with HIA? Because that's like obviously a rugby term. You know, yeah. usually like we don't have the arc. We, they've got the bunker. It's like the Big Mac and the Big Mick. It's yeah. like we can't just call it the same They've both thing. got two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles and onions. Their buns have seeds. <laughs> <laughs> No, what is that? I guess our buns have no seeds. <laughs> McDowell. What was his first name? Cleo. Cleo. Cleo McDowell. Pleased to meet you, Cleo. My name is Aeolion. 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 Try one of these pigs in the blanket. Now, they're the frozen kind. But you wouldn't know. He um he played uh, he played Admiral Percy Fitzwallace in... Um, in uh, the West Wing. And I remember seeing, I went through this phase where I was really big on the West Wing and I was like watching it like you wouldn't believe. I was watching like five episodes a day. Very good show. Very good show. Um, but was that with Ramon Estevez? Yes, it was. He played the president. Jed was his name. Um, but I think what, what I found so funny about it was <laughs> like this guy turns up, he's, I think he's like the Admiral of the Navy or something, his character. They called him Fitz. And I was like, that's fucking Cleo McDowell. That's it. (laughs) And there was a a moment where I was like, I was absolutely rapt to see him in the movie. I was like, this is amazing. This is Cleo McDowell. And then there was a moment where I was like, Admiral of the Navy, though. It's a step up. This is a stretch. Son, if you want to continue to work here, stay off the drugs. Stay off the drugs. (laughs) (laughs) That moment where... um, (laughs) He throws the shake. Yes. (laughs) And hits Semi. Half lands on him. Sorry, hits... um, Eddie. It, yeah. <laughs> it just covers him. Sammy's laughing his head off. Sammy's laughing his head off. It's just brilliant. I love that so much. Yeah, what's his John Amos. Yeah, I was John just Amos. His name. Yeah. I couldn't pull his name. Good actor. Yeah, maybe dead. And, Let's and check comedy, this out. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, not and in sure. the end, the Giants triumph <laughs> by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin through a big H. A big H. That's it. it was the most thrilling victory. <laughs> Hold on, John Amos might still be with us. Yes, he's he 83 years old. Do you know what I, I was doing? Did he ever play football? I don't John have the time. John Amos is an American actor best known for his role as the adult Kunta Kinte 
in uh, Roots. Roots. He's also known for playing James Evans Senior on Good Times. Yes. Of course, he was um, one of the one of the bad guys in Die Hard Two. Die Harder. Gets a bad rap, Die Hard Two. Look, it's a good movie, but not like it's not as good as One and Three. That's the problem. You know what the problem with it is? It's different. No, it's basically the same. That's the problem. No, the problem with it is the character of Dennis Franz is just needlessly antagonistic and oppositional. Just the guy's telling you about a potential terrorist activity at the airport. Just maybe listen to him. Yeah, correct. Don't be like, you. what are you doing, hot shut? All this stuff. It's like the film doesn't need an antagonist. It has William Sadler and it has obviously the reveal that um, John Amos is a bad guy as well. Correct. It has the whole thing about... Um, What's the bad guy? The bad guy, was he Django? Was the bad guy... I'm going to look this up again. I've drawn a blank on his name as well. Yeah, Captain um, uh, with, the, with the blonde hair. No, William Sadler's the bad guy, but they were trying to get... Um, Franco Nero. Franco Nero yeah, was the, the, the guy. Cuban yeah, Cuban whatever. He, um, was, he, he was a wannabe... Um, Castro. Castro. Yeah, and... And all that stuff's sort of fine. It's sort of interesting and good. And in the dickhead on the airplane with Holly, you know, like that stuff's all fine. Yeah. Dennis Franz, just fucking relax. Yeah. He is the guy from NYPD. Yeah. yeah he, he he was. The Sipowitz. He wore the tie. My mate with Frank. The, sh- the tie with the um, short sleeve shirt. My mate Frank is a dead ringer for Dennis Franz. That's not good. That's funny. I think I have a picture of Dennis Franz as his contact picture. <laughs> So if anyone's out there, Die Hard 2, not a bad movie. Shout out to Frank Mayorino, not a listener. Why do these films do this, Tim? Though? Why do these films do this? We don't need another antagonist. <laughs> He's got his photo in there. You need to crop that a bit better. Um, no more chicken shits? Uh, oh, look, you kind of half touched on it. That should be a no. Well, I was just going to say, no. like, uh, not getting to see Oscar Allen playing forward because I think he's. I actually was quite well, fascinated by there was the article in the paper uh, on on Herald Sun basically advocating that Essendon should should throw shitloads of cash at him to try and get him. But he's a West Australian kid. He's playing at West Coast. He's got to ride out the West Coast are going to throw heaps of cash Well, in. that's what I reckon too. But it was just interesting that, you know, they were sort of saying what should Essendon do and how would they build their list and they were going, go get Oscar Allen. And this, I thought it's not something that I would have flying high podcast? No. We're flying high. Kings of the big game podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Peter Matera cast? That actually does look a bit like Dennis Franz. Can you bit. get him? Can you message him and can you say, can you throw on a short sleeve shirt and a tie and send us a photo? He's a great man, Frankie. Put some pants on, though. Um, it is time now for everyone's, I don't know if it's their absolute favourite segment, but it's one of their favourite segments, I'd like to think. Who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love? So. There are two options for the SI Morales Memorial Bust a Nut Trophy this week. There are two options. Yep. The options are TDK, who was very good and played very well and is would in any other week, I think, be a worthy SI Morales winner. But I think that Paddy Doe sort of has a a better story. I think he has a better claim to the SI just because of what he's been through, not just what he produced on the field. My interpretation, interesting nominations, Sean. I'm not discounting them. Who are you going with? There, there were, how many people were at the ground? I don't know. 
let's say there was 46,000 people at the ground. That's overs. overs. Well, okay. well, I, I was well there. I wouldn't know. I was just going to try and throw just a remind number. me never to have phrases quote anything, Fabian. <laughs> no, no, but every single time Carlton went into attack, every set of eyes went to one bloke. Charlie Kurnow's not All the SI. All fucking game. Charlie Kurnow's not the, the SI. The whole fucking game. I'm going to give you tell and you something. And we've always said, we asked the question, fab, can... Shut up, Tim. Can I'm going to give you something for free. Can a star get SI Morales? No, and a star can't get an SI Morales, Tim, because guess what? I'm just putting I'm putting the pin in this conversation. Yes. Paddy Doe is the SI Morales because <laughs> Charlie... hasn't said shut anything up. yet. He said TDK. Paddy Doe is the SI because you've forgotten completely about the skelly. The Skelly. You've forgotten about the Frank Langella. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you very much. Do you do you stand down? I stand down. Thank you. Were you here for this conversation? We've got a new award. It's the Frank Langella Ceremonial Commendation for Excellence. The Frank Langella Ceremonial Commendation for Excellence. This is a new segment because we are launching it. We have our first winner of the Langey. Is it the FLCCE? Uh, that is exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> it is a close cousin of the SI, but it is awarded more infrequently due to how rare a performance of this calibre is. You did mention that the yes. other week. Yes. I, so, I stand down. So this is Charlie's award. It now. is named in yes. honour of Frank Langella and he uh, recognises his iconic and marvellous performance as Skeletor in Masters of the Universe, a film that is quite okay, but he is just amazing. Correct. Yeah. What else has he been in? He was, he was uh, Frost in Frost Nixon. He was no. Terry White in so um, Superman Returns. He was, he's been in lots of stuff. Frank Langella. He is the owner of the Browns. In, in Draft Day. In Draft Day. There yeah. you go. So yeah. Frank Langella, it, it goes to Charlie Kerno, kicked 10 goals. He's the first man to reach double figures in Navy Blue since Kernahan did 28 years ago. Wow. Gets the dogs. In what year, Sean? 28, 28 years, years ago. ago in 1995. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so Frank Langella, ceremonial commendation for excellence this week goes to Charlie Kerno. This is not an award we will give out every week. No. Because it needs to be out there. It needs to be clearly It needs to be and to be fair, if he had a continued at the clip he was going, Sam Walsh would have We would have had a dual winners of the first yep. Langey. Yes, it would very much would have been. Um, excellent. <sighs> so that's a good one. So Tim, you need to you need to just relax. Yeah, fair enough. Pump the bricks, kid. Got mail. All right. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. David Gershman, are the Glazers going to sell? <laughs> no. No, they are absolutely uh, they're, not. They're they will. They will. They will. No, I don't think they will. What was the um, the Washington Commanders went for $6, six billion, billion? Or United dollars. are worth 10 And the Saudis have the money. Are they, though? Manchester United, if the fucking Timbo, you can meet the Washington Commanders are worth six billion dollars, Manchester United are worth this. 10. This this is this insular discussion that American sports commentators have. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest fr- mate. I mean, name Dallas the- Cowboys don't have the reach of Man United. Period. There's 350 million people in America, and I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys are the most popular sports team in the country. There's seven billion people on the planet. I don't even reckon the Cowboys have got the reach of like the Yankees. In a worldwide it's, it's a, context, it's a fascinating, and the Lakers in like a worldwide context. Yeah, no, but but yeah. I would also I'd also be fascinated to know what the television rights in each sport is. That's just 
me being a in, being somebody that's interested in sports, I would love to know. When was the last time you saw a Washington Commanders shirt just out in the public? Oh yeah, no, no. Um, look, nah. there, there, there are there are low hanging the EP, as, the EPL TV rights, Timbo, are ridiculous. Who else went? Someone um, Jordan sold your homework for the weekend. Jordan sold a majority share in the in the Hornets, didn't he? For some four billion or something. Had to. Yeah. No, but, but why do you have to? He gambled and lost. Um, he he owed some cash. He needed to he owed li- billions li- of dollars. Li- yeah, he needed to liquidate. What he owed billions? Who do you owe billions of dollars? Uh, not, not I the, don't recall the story off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll not get it to you. Slim Boulder again? No, no, no. He was. He's basically been forced out. What? I'll, I'll get you the the article. I don't remember off the top of my head. But, I'm old, Sean. Four, Isn't he making three hundred million a year because of his shoe shoe sales? Yes. And Gatorade. Do your research. That's your homework for the weekend, Tim. Shit. When you do your own research. (laughs) Adrian, can we petition the club to arrange a royal commission into the egregious amounts of Sam Walsh injuries? I like that. Egregious. What an idiot. Um, That guy, not Adrian. No, no, no. I know exactly. Um, David Redbear, do we risk players that aren't 100% this week? Or I suppose depends what they are, doesn't it? Mm. You risk Crips and you probably risk Chera. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think they were both rested. I, th- I think if Collingwood was this week, both would have played. Well, that's the interesting thing, and you'll never know. Mm. So, Jay Hyatt, friend of two thirds of the pod, um, which of Charlie's be ten if goals? Want. If you move two rows down, just occasionally, just came to say hello why to Tim. We always leave, have. Why would I leave Mount Sinai <laughs> to go down with the fucking peasants? You're not down with the peasants. You're going two rows across to see Tim. Um, you were on the actual same. Um, you're you're both K row maybe. Is are you row K? No, I don't know. Um, are you row K? Jay has asked which of our Charlie's ten goals was your favourite. I really liked the big wind up on the right from outside fifty. Yeah, and the, I the also one where he liked, sort of kicked it under him. Yeah, I also liked his tenth as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I like the I, one out of the, the one on the run. The one out of the ruck yeah, where yeah, he kind of got it one hand and just yeah. snapped it. Didn't really look where he was going, but the big wind up on the right was sort of that. That's like the classic. I also love the Kuno shank. Goal. Charlie I, I love kick. the shank. I love when you. I love when your team kicks goals like that that are just bullshit. Yeah, you're going fuck. That's a good. And when goal. it's when it's against you, you're like, this is fucking horseshit. What was the one he kicked? Nursery, was it yeah. just before quarter time, where he he had a moment. He had a brain fade. It was like snap. Uh, uh, no set shot. Snap. Set, look, Chuck. What are you doing, mate? You're ten meters out. Yeah, exactly. Just right. kick the fucking goal. Just keep thinking of your idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan. And then I think someone went up to him and said, the siren's going to go. Yeah. yeah. Kick it straight. Kick it straight. Nathan so. has asked, how did Timbo meet Kingers? We went to high school together. Okay. So Adam Adam went to, I think, year seven. It was like Kingswood College or whatever it was, which was a, I don't know if it was a, it might have been a semi-private school in like, um, not Box Hill, but one of those next suburbs. Mm. A little bit further south, Surrey and, Hills, maybe. Yeah, and and it shut down or something like that. And so Adam came to our school in year eight. And so, um, like, because ju- you played junior, intermediate, senior footy, pretty much the first time I'd really ever even seen Kingers was playing junior footy. I thought you were going to say in the showers. No, <laughs> in year eight, it was so impressed. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you would do our PE classes if you were like eight A and eight B. You would do together. PE together, yep. um, and then everybody else would be at different times. So I'd never come across. We were different year level, different form groups. So I didn't come across him other than playing footy. And 
obviously, like everything, when you see somebody who's really good at what they do, they stand out a mile and it was like, we're playing this game and this kid's got it all the fucking time. And you're going, this kid's a superstar. So I knew I knew of Adam. I wasn't close, mate. I wasn't in class with him and all that sort of stuff. And then I, I started just getting to know him prob- you know, a lot better, probably about year 10. And then from year 10 onwards, and especially year 11 and year 12, you know, we got to the stage, we'd go for runs together, we'd go to the gym together. Do you remember um, what was your first conversation? Do you remember that? What was, do you remember what your first sort of proper conversation with him was? Oh, look, we had a couple of discussions about our dads and, our, and their influences on our sport and all that sort of stuff because his dad was, you know, um, didn't ride him hard but pushed him hard um, to be the best that he could be because I think his dad had recognised he had ability and he These asked, were very mature year tens. Oh, that was probably more of a year eleven discussion. Even then, but then, but then the other, the other, look, the funny story it's like is scene from the Breakfast Club. It's like Bender, smoke him, smoke up, Johnny. In year eleven, we were doing change and approximation for maths, and uh, that's when you're sort of getting into calculus and all that sort of stuff. And we spent, we would spend the whole class just writing one another sports trivia questions, seeing how you'd go. But I was doing that while also listening in class. I don't know the king as well. So, or I was distracting him a little bit, but he just didn't He didn't follow it and he didn't keep doing maths after and that. And he didn't so. care either. No. Well, no. But look, he, he was always a very, very smart guy. And um, But yeah, no, Adam and, I, Adam and I competed against one another. We had fun together. We helped one another out, supported one another in our sports and all that sort of stuff and always just sort of found... Common ground and families have holidayed together mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. We have a lot of fun. Excellent. Uh, Shy is getting Collingwood as easy as maximising score when you have momentum. So many teams don't create uh, or don't take those chances when they get them. Do you, <coughs> They do give teams a look. Is it uh, just a matter of executing when they give you the chance? No. It's about Partially. shutting them down when they're going. And they're going to go. They're going to get you in a quarter. And when they go... Minimise. Well, you don't want to give them momentum, do you? We, Minimise. With, with momentum, they are dangerous. Is George Hewitt the man for Dacos next week? That comes no. from near. No, you're getting the speed. Burnt. Uh, is Dacos quick? He yeah. he runs all day. Yeah, but is he quick? Yes. Is it, I, I not, uh, not lightning quick. He's not Brock McLean. He's not. He's not. Um, he's faster than George Hewitt. Yeah, he's faster than George Hewitt, and. and he, he has great endurance, but I think he's got enough speed to go with it. But he is work rate. He is work rate and puts himself in dangerous positions and he utilises his skill exceptionally. I say this as somebody who would crawl up in so a ball can, and be absolutely I, petrified out there. He's – I think he's physically gettable. Look, I agree with that. And, and my biggest frustration – Even last night. Well, last night when he got the free kick for the head high, he's instigated that contact. And, yeah, that's what it was. But I just and, think in general, want, there was even a few no, moments you know last what, night. He didn't have a Brisbane moment. Yeah. But there were a few moments last night where he, you just went, if you get the chance, if you get the chance, you need to really, really put him in the ground. Yeah. And look, what all I was going to say is what I want from the media, and they, I don't think they've got the guts to do it, when we recognised that... Joel Selwood would lift the shoulder and on all that sort of stuff. Well, they did and, it with Ginevan. And, and, and Ginevan and all that sort of stuff. They need to highlight that that free kick changed the game and that if the umpire is doing his job appropriately, they don't get that goal. Yeah. Because it shouldn't have been, it should have been hold, it should have been holding the ball because it was incorrect disposal. And look, obviously sensational player and outstanding forward. Love him. That, Love him. That kid will be the best I, second forward. He won't be the, he's not a number one forward. But if you can get him in a side where there's a no one knows who you're talking about. Jai Amos. Yeah, okay. 
He is a, good a talent, but yeah. I don't think he's a number one forward talent. So just with Dacos, super player, great form, but no like, one knows who you're talking. No, but about. last night, well, no, you were just saying that guy. No, sorry, I just thought we were on that TV. That guy will be, and you're going, <laughs> who are you talking about? Um, I've said that on Pod before too. Just he just it. needs to, or we, or teams that play Dacos, I think they need to just be real physical. Yeah, absolutely. And if you he's get a, the chance, if you pat, but it, and, and this is it. Teams did that with Walsh, yeah. understandably, yep. and the guy has to work through it and get to the point where it won't be an issue for him. Yep. But in the here and now, if Cripps, if you're barging through clearance, you, you almost need to go. You need to tackle me. Do give him do the Jonah Lomu on uh, whatever that fella's done. But it's have the ball, drop the shoulder uh, a bit, run right through. Cat, Mike Cat, I think it might have been. Don't remember. Absolutely brutalised him. Luke Pacheri, uh, is anyone else singing "Come on the Kangas"? We were come on, on the, the Kangas. Kangas. Unfortunately, didn't happen for us. No. Um, we got one more, maybe. Daniel Porter asks. How did you guys meet? We've told this before. Um, we'll give you the Cliff Notes version. I met Fab through old mate Maurice. <laughs> Maurice. Maurice. Obviously, the, those... Um, I saw Maurice last night. DVD box set coming soon for Christmas. Obviously, the Maurice years. The Maurice weeks of the podcast. Way I'd back say the when. Maurice months. <sighs> months. Yeah. How was Maurice? Good. Yeah. Um, so, we met through him... And then you just worked together at uh, where it was, Cardano. No, we worked together at GTA. No, no, no you and Tim, you idiot. Oh, us two, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about me and Maurice. No, no but we we, we but yes, met. Th- th- we were told of each other. Maurice told Sean about me and told me about Sean, but we met. I just rocked up to the club one day. He sort of handballed the friendship, really, because he yeah. was like, I can't speak to this I guy. I took it. And I bought a football off Sean, and he didn't even inflate it We've for been him. through this before. The football department had the pump. Gotcha. For so some I reason. bought Harvey a football to kick on the ground at family day with that was flat. Flat. I told you. As was Harvey. <laughs> pump wasn't working. He was in there. He was, he was wrapped. Yeah. Uh, was he? He was wrapped to do anything. Mate, he was one. Johnny Rain Clouds. Anyone got a Johnny Rain Cloud to lead us I off? I have. Oh, What? In this office move, mate, I could list a million Johnny Ranklers. You know that one... The one that gets me all the one time. One day of solid work would have completed this entire office move. But this is classic Fabian. Something works in one location and you move it, you just unplug it and you plug it in somewhere else and all of a sudden it shits Doesn't itself. Doesn't work. And it's... <laughs> that is my Johnny Ranklers. So that's your number one. That's it, is it? So... And it happens all the time. It happened when we went from that office to the other one. And now it's just... Oh, frustrating. Frustrating. My Johnny Raincloud. Yes. Uh, we have touched on it before. I am a footy purist. I really enjoy football. I still lament the fact that Matthew Cruiser went down with an ACL and you always sort of wondered how good he could have been if he didn't do it. Will Ashcroft, very, very capable, talented young football player. Really sad for the kid that he's gone down. What will be fascinating will be, has he done enough to win... Um, the rising star, or does this now count him out and is it advantage Harry Sheasel? No, because it's not a Brownlow. The rising star isn't a a, a, a weekly vote accumulation. It's based on what you've seen, who's the best player. He's put enough thought. He is the rising star. I yeah, think yeah, it'll be but, but then theoretically that says Ollie Hollands gets the ball, 
you know, blind turns out of traffic, takes three bounces and kicks an amazing goal. He showed the best footballer of the year of a Rising Star eligible player. That doesn't wash. What are you talking about, Tim? No, no, I'm just saying, if you have an instant that is better than well, anybody else's, goal. that Ashcroft's doesn't make I have lost interest that. when... Louis still, Taylor. No, when Gary Lyon was like, it's all about who's going to have the better career, and that's why... Jesse Hogan. Jesse Hogan is the, and that's why he got it. Because that's what he said. Well, as we always say, Louis Taylor. No, that's beat, because that's what the Louis media Taylor beat Marcus Montempelli, and they've just said we can't as, a, as an industry. Industry, we can't be that dumb to be able to overlook the the, the likely star because they put Reese Palmer in ahead of uh, uh, Rioli as well. We always talk about it. So you know, when they know that they've got the, the problem with Sheasel, I think Sheasel was always going to be a star as well, and he, he's done enough, but in a very very cushy role. But if he plays twenty three games and he's playing really good, in the midfield, no, in one of I, the best I, I sides in the comp. But still, I will question if he's five games short of a full complement. Is that enough to keep him in the gig? There'd be I five games that North Melbourne have played with all of them, including Sheasel, have been absolutely dreadful. Possibly, possibly. I will be fascinated. It wouldn't surprise if Sheasel gets it. My Johnny Raincloud is why are there no hot chocolate Nespresso pods. Great question. Maybe they jam up the system. They'd be finer than coffee. I don't fucking know. I'm just, I don't know. Well, you sound like it's you're probably, it's, probably, it's probably got to do with the ability for it to flavour it enough. Because once the water keeps flowing So through, they can have 5,000 types of coffee? No, because chocolate, you dissolve the hot chocolate in water, whereas a coffee, it gets filtered through and it it extracts the flavour. But is that how an espresso pod works? Isn't it just like powder and a little, like almost like a quick? No, no. It's it's working on the same way a cafetiera would work. So you're telling me that in that little thing that's got, it goes through a filtration system through the It goes through the grounds. It goes through the grounds under pressure and comes out. In that $80 Nespresso machine? Yeah. Okay, I just assume that it's a little fucking pot of like quick. No, no, it's not. A, it's not an instant coffee in there. It's their grounds. Yeah, but they're in the pod. So why couldn't you just have because chocolate powder in the pod that then goes through? Because when you make a hot chocolate, you get all the ingredients. The in powder, the you, you you consume the powder. I'm not consuming the grounds. You need those. The yes, you are. Because the grounds, they go from the pod, the powder, or mm. the, the, you know, no, no, into still... the cup of coffee, no. and they're dissolved. The, no, no, no. The grounds are still in the used pods. Those pods there in the in the waste part. What? There's grounds in them. You Don't can... you have to crack them open, though? No. No. Give me one. Hand me a pod. <laughs> give, give him an I'll empty. give him a used one. So yeah. what comes out of the pod? Caffeinated Yeah, water. I understand that, but how much? I don't know. There's no reason why they couldn't do this with a hot chocolate in yeah, a similar. But, but, but the point is, if thirty percent. No, of I didn't the, want to see that. If thirty percent of it dissolves and goes into your cup, that leaves seventy percent still in the pod. Whereas if you're you going need, to do it with you chocolate, need you want hundred percent of the chocolate. So this in is your a cup. used one. Yeah. There's no reason why you couldn't do that with a hot chocolate. Surely, but it would no, have to be bigger. The, you want more of it. You would need this to be in the cup. Yeah. Not necessarily. Coffee, coffee is made through the the, the no, pressure. No, no. I, Mate, I'm not arguing about the fucking... What I'm saying is surely if they've developed the machine, they can have it in such a way that they can flavour other things that come out of the pods. Yeah, but... You get flavoured pods. No, I understand but that. But I don't think but you'd what, have enough to make a hot not, chocolate. No, yeah. but just not coffee. 
Because obviously there would be different strengths of coffee, I'm sure, that the Nespresso can make. It would yep. obviously make a weaker coffee, and then it could obviously make a, a, a stronger coffee. So your argument about you wouldn't be able to generate enough flavor is nonsensical because they're already generating different strengths of coffee. Yeah, but the way – Tim is coffee, looking like no, you're making a bit of sense. You have grounds in a pod. I get that. That under pressure, the water goes through, gets flavor, it extracts the flavor, and then the water itself is flavored. Whereas for a hot chocolate, you require something to be dissolved. You need that cocoa powder in the actual drink. So you're does not, hot not, water come out of not, an espresso? You're not, you're not running past a bit of chocolate and all of a sudden that water is now flavoured yeah, chocolatey. What, but, but does what comes out of the Nespresso? What's Coffee. the liquid that comes out? Coffee. Yeah, Coffee. No. Coffee flavoured water. Water. Yeah. So is it hot? Boiling hot, yeah. 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 So how could it why how could it not boil the finer Hot chocolate powder. It would clearly it doesn't boil. work that way. No, but it would clearly be able to boil the powder. You're saying that it wouldn't come out. It would come out like it does already, but it would just be not coffee. No, but that machine is there to hold back the 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 the, the granulated beans. The, the, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I get what you're saying. And just have extract the water. Yeah, but you would need that yeah, solution the, but, but to the, actually come out as well. Yeah, but. Something's coming out of the machine that is coffee fab. It's not coming out of the fucking pod. You're, you're not understanding no, it. No, no, I am completely understanding it. The little pod you showed me yes. doesn't have the finished coffee in it. No, Clearly. No, it has the grounds in it. Has so the why could there it, not be a, re- a replacement for that as a hot chocolate flavoured or whatever flavoured something that's just not coffee? But, but the point is... The way you make coffee, no, no, the way the, you make the, hot the, chocolate, the two point is you're systems. pushing the water through the grounds, and then you're getting under co- pressure. Yeah, under pressure, you're getting the coffee-flavored water coming out the end of it. What you're wanting it to do is to have the water pass through under pressure and take and dissolve all of the chocolate that's in the pod and have it end up in your cup. Well, would you just put us? Because that I didn't realize that the top of the pod is actually quite. I I I assume that it ripped the pod off the lid. Yeah. No, I assume that's how it works. That's obviously obviously got some got some prongs. Yeah, but so you know when this one here is manual. So when you close the lid, it's you, you yeah. So it. so if you wanted more to come out as a hot chocolate, you'd run it through again. No, no, you wouldn't run it through again. You just make the top the seal lighter, so it gives more. It wouldn't have the same top on it because you don't want to have you want to take more out of the pod. So you would just have the top of the the seal. But here be, you're not taking be, anything out of the pod. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's, but the water needs to pass through it. Water only. Yeah, so you would have the top of the pod of the hot chocolate one. So the holes lo- are so small be that lighter, no, no the green. Hole, but the holes would be larger so it could take more with it. What, what's a cafeteria called in English? The, the, I don't know. The, the per- a percolator. Percolator. Yeah. Right. You put the coffee grounds. You put the water underneath. You boil it. What gets extracted through? No grounds come with it. The holes are so small. That no grounds come. You don't. We don't drink grounds. It's just yeah, under pressure. Again, Fab, that, I wa- ask that you. water extracts the coffee flavor and comes up. So of so consistency. If, if the machine doesn't allow anything through, you're not getting a chocolate flavored cazzo. Yeah, but does a does a um, what's the way I want to explain this? You can't change the consistency of the coffee ground. Hmm. You could have a substitute of a different flavor: chocolate, vanilla. Caramel, what do you want to call but it? It doesn't work. You that could way. artificially, of course, it could. You could artificially create something. I think it'd be too weak. You could artificially create something. Well, how do they do But how did, this, is my, this is my thing, Tim. There's not one strength of Nespresso pod. So you're saying, oh, I think it'd be too weak. And it's, you go, the, it's, okay. the, it's the type of bean they use. I get that. 
you could surely have an artificial like an artificial chocolate an flavor. artificial chocolate flavor of the same consistency of that is in there, but the flavor is not releasing coffee; it's releasing caramel, chocolate, vanilla. No, no but it have to be super, super, super chocolateized. No, but but you get a coffee ground I under understand. pressure releases a crema of of coffee. I don't know if you can actually have a substance that's going to allow you to extract chocolate. This is going to blow your mind, Fab. The cocoa bean. I don't think you've watched Oppenheimer and thought. I don't think the cocoa bean. Yeah, I was standing like him in front of the blackboard, just scratching. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there's actually a funny bit. Not giving much away, but there's a funny bit where they get a newspaper that German scientists. I think it is German scientists have split the atom, and they're in the lab, and they're kind of they're sort of just like like what a moment. Like this is they split the atom. This is seismic, and he quickly reads it, and then like you know, how the passage of time is not conferred. We don't know how long has passed, but it's that day. And then they cut back in. Oppenheimer's standing in front of this blackboard. He's like, "Yeah, it's true. They've done it." And he's like, "Now that I see the equation, he's like, yeah, this is it. This yeah. is that's what I am. I'm standing there going, if you can synthesize that taste out of the coffee, surely you could synthesize it out of a um, artificial chocolate replacement, because cocoa beans aren't being ground up individually and smashed into a can of Quick or Milo." These are artificial substances no, but what's that in convey there, but what, the chocolate no, no. flavour. No, no, but here, and then we, if you like you know sugar in your coffee, you add the sugar. What you're drinking as an instant hot chocolate has all those artificial things. If you were to have just cocoa beans roasted. This is like when they're talking at the ground, in the movie when they're talking about the hydrogen pod, bomb you would not, as an alternative. You would not drink I'm that not, hot chocolate. I am not proposing some seismic change. To the fucking world. I'm proposing that they already artificially have coffee-flavoured extracts or coffee-flavoured variants in these little pods. Surely they could find a way to, substitute, oils that they to substitute the coffee flavour for something else. Surely. Possibly. It's it not even possible, Tim. but yes. But what, more artificial than Quick or Ovaltine? <laughs> like, what are we dealing with here? Well, but, but again, there's no waste with that. There, And I think that's... I think that's if, – if you have – let's say you have two spoonfuls of strawberry quick in your – Milk? Yeah, you know, said said drink of an evening. Tim. If only 30% of the flavour comes out, I think you're going to end up having a pod that's this fucking big. Tim. This could be the size of a body. I said it earlier. <laughs> what flavour strength is this Lavazza Espresso Maestro pod? Would it, it be the, get, the it's going to be the size of a fucking no, crumpet. No, what, what strength of coffee is that? What do you mean? On a rating of Nine, 1 to 10. It'll be a 10. Is it a nine? It's say it on the packet. I don't know. Okay, so they've actually already got fucking gradings. I'm just arbitrarily yes. plucking a number. It's they've already got like a scale. Yes. So that's at a nine out of ten. Do they by chance sell a one that's a four out of ten? Yes. So what the fuck's the difference? What's the difference in you saying it's the bean they put inside? No, but what's the difference in you saying they wouldn't be able to make it strong enough when they can already make something twice as strong as something else in the same size? You're pod? confusing. Cocoa beans or, 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 or no. a cocoa powder with coffee, with coffee beans. beans. They You're, wouldn't be totally using different. actual cocoa beans. I'm saying they have a synthesized alternative. You that can't is compl- use that is completely it's aluminium just manufactured in place of bloody uranium. But we're not in an building a bomb. bomb. We're building a hot fucking dissolved <laughs> beverage. Like it's. I don't understand why this is so hard for you to go. They probably can do that. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be able to do that? The Golden Fist, Sean's most hated award in football. What? You hate this defender of the year should be given the gold. No, 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 no. What I hate <laughs> is the people who see this and go, they should actually have to 
Danny Frawley Golden Fist and to give it to the best defender, have it legitimately be an award. And you're like, it was a joke award on a light entertainment program. Like, it's not a real thing. Well, who do we determine this? I just like, and if anyone out there gets what I'm saying here, I understand that coffee and quick Milo Ovaltine are two different things. But I also understand that surely if they can flavour and have varying strengths of coffee in the same size pod, the argument that they wouldn't be able to make it strong enough is Let us know when you find it. Yeah. Well, it's not up to me to find it. It's up to them to make it. Okay. We're moving on. I think it would be quite a good seller. There you go. Hopefully someone has listened to that entire 15-minute rant Can anyone, if anyone, and has want to move if anyone has heaven listened and to earth that, and provide this. If anyone has listened to that and, oh, and, and you feel like I me, no, and you feel like me, like sitting here butting my head against the wall, acting like I'm proposing a epoch-defining change to the world by suggesting a hot chocolate-flavoured pod, if anyone out there is listening and thinking... Yeah, that's A, okay. a good idea, and B, surely doable, what given we'll we do, have the technology what, what to begin with. What I will with. do when I get home, I will get the, the cafetiera. What, what is it again? Percolator. Percolator. I don't care what you're saying no, no, about I'll this. I'll put water in it, and then I'll put hot chocolate like in substitute of coffee grounds, no, but I'm and not... I will try and percolate a hot chocolate and see if there's any merit to what you're saying. I get that it wouldn't be – it has to be an engineered substance – to replicate, and instead of releasing coffee flavour, it releases whatever flavour you want. Strawberry quick flavour. No, it releases whatever the flavour you want to be. Is. Ribena. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Who has would Ribena you eat, hot? You would never drink Ribena hot. It's what, a mould Ribena, a warm <laughs> Ribena. So if anyone's listening to that and thinking, you know, Sean, you've actually got, like, I understand what you're saying. You're not comparing the properties of actual coffee with chocolate. quick you're saying that surely the technology would exist to substitute the coffee with a very flavoured alternative. I find a spoon works well. All right, let's go. Come on. Put the quick in a mug and pour water into it. But the point of the pods, Tim, is that you'd be able to say, I want such and such flavoured caramel, such and such vanilla, such and such whatever. And you just go, perfect, put it in, Chuck, there we go. They're missing out on an entire segment by not doing this. Maybe. All right. That was infuriating. (laughs) Ditto. Um, you too. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I think, I think, I think sometimes, am I just a fucking idiot or, uh, or am I just too much of a genius for these two people to deal with? There's occasions where I sit here and I look into Fab's eyes speaking so authoritatively on something and I wonder, am I just Oppenheimer dealing with idiots mm. or am I the idiot? In the room of, when there's two thirds of the room are engineers... And you're the one who's confidently going with someone. I'm a, but when, yeah, but you're not. You're not fucking engineers in hot beverages. It's like saying two thirds of us are doctors. Can anyone here, get, you know, give me a physical? And it's like, you know, I'm a doctor of mathematics. <laughs> it's like it's like that. It's ridiculous. Wrap us up, Sean. Yeah, I'm going to wrap you up in a minute with a swift kick to the face. <laughs> swift kick. I haven't heard that for years. Tim. Always a pleasure, Sean. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Faba Ganoush. Arrivederci, ragazzi. Yeah, you idiot. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. We'll have to work that out. We could be, it could be difficult. Um, Prenda DJ this week, of course. If, have I missed anything? Don't no, think so. I think I've missed anything. Prenda DJ this week. If you know it, hashtag Prenda DJ. Give us a guess. We'll catch you next week. Thank you very much for listening.
Let it go, go.